Hello there, my name is Jeff, and welcome to episode 66 of the Game Sharks podcast, where we talk about our favorite thing in the world, uh, April Fool's Day's pranks on the internet. <laughs> April Fool's, I'm fucking, I'm sick of these April Fool's uh, pranks Jeff, on the Jeff, internet. Uh, Jeff, you like, muted yourself. Did I? <laughs> Hello? Uh-oh. Yeah. Am I yeah back? There you are. There you are. <laughs> April yeah, yeah. Fool's, motherfuckers. No. Uh, for real, though, I'm fucking sick of April Fool pranks on the internet. All these dumb articles about, like, uh, this movie got introduced in, or it just got announced. Or, like, this game is getting these crazy Fake characters. announcements. Yeah. Fake like, trailers. We live in a world, such a strong world of misinformation that I think uh, practical joke pranks on the internet is a bad idea now. It needs to stop. There are I mean, some he... that are okay. Like when it doesn't, when there's no question about it and it's just a fun joke or play, then it's fine. Like Pokemon Twitter changed their icon to Bidoof and have been posting about Bidoof all day. And yeah. that's great. That is good. But like, you see, that, that's wholesome and fun. But today, uh, our buddy Jin, he texted me and was like, Did you see they're making a Dynasty Warrior movie? And I said, Did you see that it's April 1st? It's like. <laughs> I get bombarded with people who just fall for this stuff, and it's annoying. I mean, I'm going to be honest. I did forget that it was April Fool's Day because, I mean, everything's been so weird lately anyway. Yeah. And the days kind of well, just blend together. Hmm. It's like it's not a holiday, so I always forget about it until I see all these erroneous claims and whatnot on my screens. Yeah. I'm not a fan. I would love to I see mean, it stop. I think, I think the favorite one I saw today was uh, – like, you know, now they did like a, a Dunkin' Coffee cold brew beer. Well, they tried to announce that they were going to do a sausage, egg, and cheese beer. Derek, you're the beer that's guy here. You, that's how you get me to Ooh. drink beer. <laughs> so my, roommate texted, my roommate texted me. I'm like, took me a second to remember that. Oh, wait, it's April 1st. But it was just strange enough to say, like, would they actually try that? I mean, I feel like they turn all sorts well, of weird things into beer. See, there's some April Fool's exactly. pranks, though, that are so, like, desirable that eventually the people who made the joke end up committing to it. Mm. I, there's a, I might have said this on the podcast before, but Project M uh, a few years ago released a an April Fool's trailer for Turbo Mode, which is like every move is cancelable, cancelable into any other move. And so it's basically like if you know what you're doing in that mode, the match is just like times 300 steroids mode um and it wasn't just an, an april fool's joke and then they made it real i don't know i'm i'm done with april fools that's, <laughs> that's the end all that's all i have to say like, i'm like, pretty sure on, you guys. said this exact same thing last year no like, we didn't i'm done with april fools we didn't record on <laughs> on april fools last year i thought but but the premise around, is there. It was like a yeah, day off. around the same time. Yeah, whatever. I'll probably well, say it every it, year. Let it be fucking known. Uh, yeah. And video games. Joining me this week is Andrew. Hello. Derek. Hello. Adam. Hey. And returning for the second time, Jose. Welcome back, Jose. Thank you. Thank you. Hello. Uh, we don't have a ton of news this week. It's been a pretty light news week. Uh, our main topic. In celebration of Easter, which is this upcoming weekend, we are going to be talking about Easter eggs in video games. Uh, just as like a broad topic, what are some of our favorites? What, how do we define Easter eggs? Why have they disappeared? You know, the general discussion of Easter eggs. Uh, all right, let's talk about the news. Like I was saying before, not a ton. We have a couple, two quick things we're going to get out of the way, and then 
Honestly, everything after that is about CD Projekt Red and Cyberpunk. But first things first, uh, quick reminder, Mario is dead. Nintendo has <laughs> killed him uh, in a public fashion. Uh, that's that's the joke going around the internet. But in all seriousness, the, the Super Mario 3D All-Stars collection and uh, what was the other one? Mario 35 have been taken off of the Nintendo Switch digital store. Apparently... And the Super Mario Maker servers. Oh, yeah, for the original Super Mario Maker. Those are now down. And apparently in uh, the Nintendo World Store in New York, or any, like, Nintendo official store, they're pulling the physical copies off of the shelves. Oh, really? wow. Yeah, obviously, you'll, probably, like, you'll still be able to go to, like, a Target or a Walmart or a GameStop and buy them from there until they run out of stock. But, uh, yeah, Mario's dead. Didn't the... Didn't that uh, Fire Emblem 1 remake get yes. canceled today, too? Which, oh, I mean, I forgot to buy it. It was only like eight bucks, and I wanted to have it just to have it and like play it once in a while. And I Sorry, not down. today. Yesterday. Yeah, it would have been yesterday. Uh, it was the last day, the thir- thir- 31st. Um, yeah. I believe yeah. it was uh, uh, Jeff Jeff Grubb that coined the uh, Mar- Nintendo executes Mario meme. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, I feel like they missed an opportunity of being April day where they could have just on all the official websites taken down all the mario icons and just put up luigi instead they did that in 2013 the year of luigi the year of luigi good year good yeah year. they should have just brought it back for a day they had the assets actually that year was like one of nintendo's <laughs> worst financial years <laughs> exactly would have, been an, would have been an amazing joke pin the blame on luigi. now that's an april <laughs> fool's joke like <laughs> just dive right into the meme that already existed uh, so yeah, Mario is dead, and the other quick piece of news is, remember last week we talked about the, the Pikmin AR game from Niantic? Apparently there's already a playable demo of it in Singapore. Uh, no one is allowed to upload any footage of it, so we we don't have any like uh, any insight on what it looks like and what it plays like, but people are testing it, so this is much further along than we thought, and the, the potential release window for the worldwide release could fall in that like summer time framework i was talking about where most people would start to be vaccinated and everyone's going to want to be outside roaming around spending time with people um so obviously like we said it's not going to be pokemon go levels but there's potential there for um for some people to hop on and maybe get interested enough to put money into it i don't know uh I don't know if you guys saw, I didn't include it in our news doc at all, but there's uh, Niantic teased AR glasses. Did you guys see that? I did not. Oh. I did not. Uh, let me see no, if I can find it. I didn't it see it because I don't have their glasses. Uh, it's not an April Ooh. Fool's joke? No, this was like several days ago. This uh, is a real okay. thing. Um, here you go. I will put this in the, the thing. Pardon the stream for a second. Uh... Here we go. Uh, yeah. So basically, <laughs> I'm sorry. I just saw Derek's ASCII Fortnite dance for a second. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, it looks like they're teasing some sort of AR glasses. To obviously, the Ooh. main thing here is Pokemon Go. Uh, but I'm assuming it would be useful in their games. Like, I don't know if Ingress is still available and playable, or if they shut that down after Pokemon Go was so successful. Um, and this new Pikmin game, maybe their Harry Potter game, because that was also Niantic. It was the Harry Potter one, right? I think. Yeah. So imagine wearing these and just walking around the world, and then boom, you see uh, an ivy sore, and you're like, ball, catch it. And then boom, you see a, a squirtle, and you're like, boom, ball. 
And then you see a group of people, and they're laughing at you. Yeah. They look, I, I don't know. These look like they could. It's only like a sliver of the band and a little bit of the one of the frames. So they could look like normal enough glasses. Uh, but Except for the giant Niantic logo on the side there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they, this is just a tease. We don't really know anything else about it. But it's kind of interesting. I mean, honestly, that'd be cool. Like the, the possibilities are pretty cool about having they get just built right into your line of sight. Mm. Yeah, I think if they if it is implemented well, it could be super cool. Uh, but if it doesn't work well, I'm sure it's going to be expensive, and you're going to look like a dweeb using it. So they need to really <laughs> make this uh, apparatus perfect yep. to. Oh, joke's on them. I look like a dweeb no matter what I'm doing. I was just going to say that. Yeah, nah, this podcast. Get you to it this time. GameStar's podcast, where we talk about our favorite thing in the world, self-loathing and not being able to fucking speak. Uh, all right. Rest of the news. Oops. I just closed a tab I didn't want to. Um, rest of the news that we're going to be talking about is all about CD Projekt Red and Cyberpunk 2077. Because we can't seem to get away from this. Just like Switch Pro rumors, it is ever present. Uh, so I got four things here that are all CD Projekt related. So, first thing that happened was they acquired a Canadian uh, game developer. And they are, they are now called... Uh, I think they're just CD Projekt Red Vancouver. Mm. So it's another division of CD Projekt Red. That was the first thing that happened. Um as much of a debacle as uh, Cyberpunk 2077 was, they made their all of their money back in pre-sales. So they definitely still made a buttload of money off of Cyberpunk 2077. We don't know how much they then lost from people returning the game, but you still assume that like they kept the vast majority of that money. Um, so them buying another studio and expanding makes sense based on technically the success of the game. Um, so, and out of that, we got news that they are, they are going to start development uh, in 2022 on a new Witcher game and a new cyberpunk triple a game. So it's, they don't really go into details, but it's up for interpretation, whether like this is going to be the Witcher four and cyberpunk, 2078 or if it's like a side game for um cyberpunk some like smaller package or it's gwent 2 or like some other smaller witcher thing they don't really say but obviously witcher and cyberpunk are their two biggest ips that they work with and i think it's safe to assume i think witcher 4 is a very safe easy thing to assume uh probably what's it by then it'll be by 2022, it'd be like what seven years since nine Witcher years. 3? No, was Witcher three 2015? Yeah, I think it was thirteen. Was it? 13? I thought it was 2013. No, yeah. I thought it was. I thought it was fifteen. No, it's definitely 2015. Is it 2015? Too bad we don't yeah. have the yeah. internet. Um. All <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, that thing. Uh, I read somewhere that it might not necessarily be direct sequels, but just games that take place in their universe. Yeah, in the universe. That makes much more sense to me. So here's the thing, though. They're not saying that these games are going to be done in 2022. They're starting them in 2022. Yeah, they're starting. So they're going to be done in 2031. In 2077. Um, (laughs) The joke that never gets old. Got to go for the joke. Um, 
So, yeah, obviously, I think because they picked up this new studio in Vancouver, they're going to have one group probably working on one and then uh, the other group working on the other. Maybe they'll both be working on both. I'm not sure. I'm not a game developer. I don't work for CD Projekt Red. I don't know what their plan is. Uh, I don't know if they know what their plan is. Uh, but another interesting thing that happened with CD Projekt Red was that they kind of announced that their, their Cyberpunk 2077 standalone game that they were planning on putting out is now canceled. They're not going to be doing it, which makes sense. Based on, after the whole launch and debacle of Cyberpunk 2077, they still have a lot of goodwill they have to gain back from their their fans and customers before they uh, should make a new game. Because that was slated to come out, what, a year or two after the full game. And this was probably under the assumption that the full game was going to launch and be a huge success. This game's still not even on PlayStation. That's true. It's still yeah. not available on the PlayStation Store. Which, uh, by the way, happy 100 days of that. Yeah, it's oh, a little geez. over 100 days now. That's crazy. Uh, it got taken down, what, like less than a week after it launched? Yeah. Yep. yeah. That's insane. Um, it happened during our podcast. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> that is true. It's breaking news. Uh, I don't know. What do you What do you guys think about this decision to not make the standalone multiplayer game? All I can say is I predicted it. Yeah, you did. Did you? I, I did, did we have I, that in bingo? Yeah, it's in our bingo. Uh, but it sounds like it sounds like uh, from what, like it sounds like from reading about their statement or whatever, whatever they said that they basically, like you're saying, Jeff, they know they're like they they wanted to make GTA Online, but Cyberpunk Online, basically, mm-hmm. and but the game didn't like it didn't hit the you know the masses like gta did so they know that like they can't make this game like i'm sure it was gonna be like a bare bones experience at first kind of thing and it was gonna like Like, no we just want to get like get people into the world and we'll build it up just like rockstar did with gta and and red dead online right yeah and red dead online and there's no way they could do that so it makes sense that they might just like add it on to the regular game eventually but not have it be like its own standalone experience anymore yeah that was going to be my next question is do you think they'll add multiplayer to the just regular cyberpunk 2077 that's what they said they're gonna do they said they're doing yeah they said they're definitely doing that i thought they said they might do that either way it makes sense because like they're already spending so much time and resources uh fixing cyberpunk as it is so if you're already messing with the code of that game a lot just just push it in yeah yeah i don't think we don't know how long like they've been talking about this for they've been talking about the multiplayer for like three three years i think since like early 2019 but we don't know how long they've like been working on it how big you know there's been very little plans except for last year when they said actually we're thinking about making it its own game now so, like, I wouldn't be surprised if it ends up eventually just getting scrapped altogether. Like, no one, it wasn't promised for the original game, so it's not like they're not they're failing to deliver or whatever. It's just like, you know, eh, we canceled it because we want to focus on the actual game and get that fixed. Because they have to focus on the actual game. Yeah, there's yeah. not really much of a choice there. 
Yeah. Uh, I guess that leads us into the last bit of news that is relating to Cyberpunk 2077. They released that first major patch that they were talking about. It was initially supposed to come out in February, and then the company got uh, cyber hacked, which, (laughs) you know. Uh, So uh, it's 1.2, and there is a massive list of patches out. And I'm going to scroll down these patch notes and just at random pick a couple things uh, to kind of give you the vibe of what it is they were fixing. So under the gameplay section, uh, the NCPD spawn radius for when the player commits a crime has increased because, you know, people just, you like committing a crime and then a police officer just blinking in behind you was kind of jarring and broken. Uh, player can no longer cancel fall damage by performing a slide action when about to fall from greater heights. Uh, cyber psychos and mini bosses are now immune to tranquilizer rounds and system reset quick hacks. Uh, fix several door blockers that could make enemy NPCs stuck, preventing them from being killed. <laughs> Jackie is now em- will now empty his clip before reloading in the rescue. Wow. Uh, here are some quest updates. Just a couple at random. Uh, Takamura's appearance is now present in the hollow call in life during wartime. Bob and Mitch will no longer clip through the flatbed while entering in in with a little help from my friends. The TV in Tom's diner can no longer be destroyed. (laughs) If a player destroyed it before this update, it will now be fixed and the news will be displayed correctly to progress playing for time. (laughs) This list is even longer than the gameplay one. Uh, added a physical reward for Regina for defeating all cyber cyber psychos that can be found in her office. Still scrolling. Basically, I don't know if you heard me scroll. Uh, we're going to the open world there's, section. There's, there's way too much stuff. Fix an issue where achievements for completing district activities were not always unlocked. V will no longer get stuck behind the desk in the hospital lobby in Gig Cuckoo's Nest. Uh, cinematic design fixes dum dum will no longer walk on air when leading v to royce in second conflict fix an issue of endless walking on the treadmill in where is my mind which blocked progression like okay it never my favorite my favorite one of these is carrie's bathrobe is no longer incorrectly attached to his lower part of the body (laughs) uh there's a section for environment and levels Fix the issue where Basilisk could fall under the map when the door leading to Mikoshi is reached. Fixed issues with invisible colliders present on locations. There's a whole section for graphics, audio, animation. Fix NPC shouting after being killed. <laughs> Fix NPC animation issues after skipping the ride. Fix an issue where the weather state would not adjust correctly after loading saves and exiting to the menu. There's a whole section for UI. Visual effects for adding attribute points in character menu should no longer be missing after hovering over Perk's tree. A uh, fixed item tooltip remaining on screen after closing item. There's a section for stability and performance. There's a section called miscellaneous. There's a PC specific section. There's a console specific section. Jesus. Okay. There's like four pages of changes here. So, uh, I don't know about you guys, but when I read all of these, uh, which did anyone read the entire list? Because I didn't. No, fuck no. no. I don't even own the game. I don't don't read for games I play. My first thought was, if you had to fix all of these, and we've talked about this to fucking death when the game came out, like for the last 
couple weeks after the game came out. Like, your game shouldn't have launched if you had to fix the this many minute issues. Like, but Jeff, our testers didn't find any issues. <laughs> yeah, that's it just, fucking. It just insane. sounds like it just sounds like they just uh, pushed out a, just a whole new fucking game with that update. Yeah, right. Yeah, like, it's like I think we we probably said around the launch like when they implement the changes maybe the game will be great eventually the problem is that its reputation is sullied <laughs> i mean not financially because it's still sold like a like a blockbuster yeah but it's just like <laughs> it's such a weird situation yeah the the small details of these updates is what's fucking insane to me <laughs> just like yeah like how did all of these issues get through uh, their bug testing? And like I've said, we've talked about this a ton. Go ahead, Derek. Yeah, I was going to say, because mo- most, a lot of them, I did read through some of them. And some of them, like specifically uh, the N- NCPD thing, that's not a bug. That's the feature. And they basically, we were like, you know what? Maybe we can hide the fact that, like the npcs only the 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 cops spawn like close to you maybe we can hide it and then eventually because you have so many people playing your game if people are starting to realize wait a second the cops literally spawn like three set like three feet away from you what the hell like that's not how this should work like if i kill someone in the middle of the desert the cops shouldn't spawn five <laughs> feet from me right <laughs> like that that's so stupid like obviously that that's how uh, like you know, people. A lot of people were comparing it to GTA. Like, yeah, when you commit a crime in GTA, the cops spawn somewhere. Obviously, like the the game isn't that. Like the entire you know, games can't render entire worlds at the same time. Like what's rendered is what you are seeing as a player usually. So they have to spawn you know a cop somewhere because currently a cop probably isn't spawned where you're you know where you're looking or whatever Mm. and so like but the fact that they were doing it in such a small radius it's like okay that isn't uh it's not a bug it's you made a dumb choice yeah how did no one think (laughs) like oh maybe we shouldn't do this like it was just it feels like every system that they released with that game they just took the shortcut on all of those systems. Oh, yeah, that's and that's what's not. I think that's the problem. That's the thing is they're not fixing bugs. They're they're full finishing the development on <laughs> yes <some laughs> of the features. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. <laughs> you know, uh, a bug like is something that isn't intended. Yeah, a, a, lot gra- of these a things... graphical glitch, sure, but making it so that the like the prime mechanic of your game like actually works as intended or let me not say as intended because what they what they shipped with that game is absolutely scummy intentional i mean as advertised (laughs) because they advertised it to work a certain way and what they gave us is not that yeah yeah i am very excited to play this game later this year or whenever the ps5 in three years because (laughs) i think it's gonna be uh i think they're gonna redeem themselves you think so i don't know what you guys i think i think yeah i think in like five years you're going to be seeing like meme posts about how cool cyberpunk 2077 is just like how people do that with fallout new vegas mm. which so, was a trash game at launch 
Yeah, I don't know. I agree. I at this point, is anyone going to go back now after this patch and and play it? Nope. Not a chance. Yeah, I'm, nope. I'm waiting. I think it's going to take in in four years. I will consider it. It's going to take for me, Derek, saying no. This is good. You need to play it now before I want to go back and play it. Before you go back, <laughs> it yeah. needs to hit Borderlands level of Steam sales before I'll consider buying it. Playing it. <laughs> um. So yeah, that's Cyberpunk. They're they're working on it. I mean, none of these, all of this, the patch notes here, they're good things. Should have been done months ago. Should have been done before the game launched. Uh, but you got to take it as it comes, and they are they are taking the steps to improve it that they said they were going to. So that in itself is a positive. All right, let's talk about. That's it for news. Like I said, super slow news week, which isn't a bad thing because. We're going to talk about games we've been playing, and I think there's a lot for us to talk about. Uh, a couple new things came out. So. Uh, Jose, we had you on this week for a very specific reason. You are the only ones of us that uh, play Monster Hunter. So uh, please talk to us about Monster Hunter Rise, which released uh, last week. Uh, well, I have nothing but good news about Monster Hunter Rise. Honestly, the progression from starting out just blank to getting to the end game or what is currently end game because there's going to be an update this month uh, to add more stuff uh, is actually very, very fluid and very easy to get into. Um, the gameplay is very satisfying. The movement is unlike anything we've seen before in any of the other Monster Hunter games with the introduction of the wire bug moves. Um, if you don't know what those are, essentially, you've got a little bug. You can shoot it in any direction, and you'll kind of, like, uh, lasso yourself to that. All sort of like Spider-Man, almost. That's so cool. And, or, like the, or like the Ori thing. Exactly, yeah, yeah. And um, you can, like, climb mountains, run up walls, run across walls and stuff. Um, and your weapons have uh, wire bug skills, which take one or two wire bugs to activate, and they do a certain thing. Um they're very strong, or most of them are. Um, and depending on how much damage you deal in terms of like wire bug damage to a monster, you actually get to tie it up with uh, with wire bugs and use it like a puppet and ride it and use it to like beat the crap out of other monsters around the area. Um, and that in itself is really cool because you've never been able to mount monsters before and like use their skill set against other monsters. It's like it's like playing Pokemon in a Monster Hunter game. It's weird. <laughs> okay I um, like that I dig it the they did something new with the skills where it's not quite the old style uh, of skills where it would be a grid and you'd have um, a certain threshold that you had to get in terms of skill points before the skill was activated now it's you have um, uh, a set amount of of skills and each skill has Either a one to five or one through seven points that you can allocate to it. And every point that you put into it does something for you. So it's not like you're slotting in um, and not getting anything out of it. Every time you put a point into a skill, it affects you in some way, which is actually pretty cool. Because before then, you'd kind of just put in 10 points into a skill and it would need 15 and you wouldn't have that skill until you hit that 15 threshold. Now, if you put in three out of five points you get half of what uh 
of what you'd be getting if you had the full skill, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Making weapons is fun. The designs for the armor and the uh, the weapons are completely original and, and different, or, well, most of them. Um, the monsters are cool. Their new flagship, Magnamalo, is very fun to fight. He's like this big, angry purple tiger that spits out, like, purple fire. He's he's crazy. <laughs> um, getting just getting gear and and playing with friends and and getting into into uh, random lobbies is easy and it's fun and it, it the, most of the of the gameplay um, doesn't feel like you're you're running around and wasting time. There's always something for you to do because there's plenty of gathering points as you get around the map to the monster. Um, there's various buffs that you can collect as you run around the mountains and, and the terrain. Um, you can ride your dog like a horse and drift with him, which makes absolutely no sense, <laughs> but it's funny. Just like it makes you life. go really fast. Um, Actually, it kind of is because my dog drifts. He, he like his back legs outrun his front legs, and he like slides around. It's pretty. Cool. I, oh, great. My parents' dog used to do that. My parents' Great Dane. I I can. I'm the only person who can actually like stand above him and have my feet planted on the ground. Everyone else would be riding him. Wait, so, so your Great Dane is basically the equivalent of a palamute? Yes, <laughs> that's cool. He he is my pal. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead, Jose. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, yeah, the, I mean, the Palamutes are really cool. You get to put armor on them, too. So, like, every monster that you fight um, has an armor set, and you can put it for your cat, your dog, and for yourself. Um, and they have their own set weapons that you either make or upgrade to, and they all do different things. Like, depending on the monster's element, you can get fire or water, thunder, paralysis, poison, etc., etc., and it's fun to just build around uh, certain matchups. Like, say you're fighting against a monster this week against water. You fight a, a water monster, build his gear, build his weapons, and then go fight the fire monster to uh, to kill it faster than you normally would. Um, and the community itself is pretty great. Like for the most part, there hasn't there haven't really been any toxic people kind of you know telling you to hurry up or that you're bad or anything. But everybody's pretty supportive and love to help new people uh, get into the game and, and get their gear and beat monsters that they normally wouldn't be able to do it by themselves. Um, that's one of the reasons why I love Monster Hunter as a whole. Like, World, um, the previous installment of Monster Hunter, which came to the main consoles, you know, Xbox, PlayStation, and, and later on PC, uh, was the same way. Um, people love to get together and, and fight the, the big bads and get their gear and for the most part everybody was nice so yeah go ahead andrew i was gonna i was gonna ask um if i were to hypothetically get into rise mm -hmm. um or a monster hunter in general would rise be the place to do it and how much time would i have to invest to get the full experience because it sounds like kind of one of those always online games where you are doing raids with people and and you could put hundreds of hours in theory into it so actually, the game is separated between uh, offline mode and online mode. So if you wanted to get into Monster Hunter, well, one, Rise is actually, I think, the best way to do it. 
because they made the transition from going to low rank to high rank buttery smooth. Like they, they integrated ways for you to get through all six of the levels or different tiers of, uh, of low rank. You can complete all of that. And then you can go and do three special assignment quests, which are harder than normal. Um, and they would put you into the same rank that you'd be starting off with uh, in high rank. And the game scales uh, for difficulty. So from if there's one or two players in the in the game or in the hunt, the monster will be difficult enough to be okay for two people. If somebody leaves, it scales down to one person. If you're with four people, the monster will scale down scale up to four and three, et cetera. Did that thing. It goes up to four. Um, so rise would be a good spot to do it because if you're playing by yourself, all of the monsters are perfectly beatable by yourself. It, the the thing the main thing about Monster Hunter is that you have to have patience and you have to practice. Like Yeah, I've heard it's a very high skill stealing game. Yes, for the older games. For World and for uh, Rise, not so much. They've actually made it a little bit easier. For Rise, a lot easier, actually, um, to get into and, and learn the weapons. Um, because the monsters that you fight at the beginning are just you know, pushovers. They're just kind of like a, a big rat or, or a weird velociraptor thing that runs around and chases you. Um, and they don't swing very fast. They don't hit very hard. And it's just kind of to get you used to to the weapons. Um, the game does a good job of explaining how to use said weapons and how to uh, maximize your damage or your movement or learn the monster's movesets, etc. It, it's all about really just honing your skills as a hunter in the game. You're just the more you fight the monster, the better you get, um, and the easier it is for you to hunt other things. Like I've been playing Monster Hunter for since uh, Four Ultimate, which which came out on the 3DS back in like 2015, 2016, something like that. Um, and I like I have the muscle memory from fighting a lot of the monsters, and I I know how they attack and and how they're going to react to certain things. Uh, but for somebody that's new. You'd have to, you know, butt heads against the monster and get your ass beat a couple of times before you finally realize, like, oh, this is when I have an opening, or or he's gonna do this and this is where I can come in, or or he's gonna fight this monster, he's gonna open up for a mount, etc. Um, overall, I think Rise is a very good spot to start if you're gonna get into the Monster Hunter franchise. If you want something that's easier than normal, um, and looks very very good too. Because I haven't said anything about it yet, but the graphics in this game for a Switch game are phenomenal. I have heard that. I heard it. They're like the character models are pretty stunning for being on. They Switch. look. Fantastic. Don't say it, Derek. Huh? Derek, so don't say it, Derek. <laughs> They'd look better on a Switch Pro, is what Andrew is expecting Derek to say. Uh. Anyways. Yeah. Well. I see way. him. I see him over there. <laughs> <laughs> he's anti. He's ready. <laughs> um, uh, I mean, either way, the game looks fantastic. Uh, it, yeah. it plays pretty well um, in terms of like performance-wise. So there, there's not major stuttering or anything like that either, which is impressive considering how much water there is in the game and like how much detail there is um, in in the terrain. 
um, not to mention all the the graphical uh, the graphic effects that you get from hitting a monster or proccing a status or you know small explosions from certain attacks. Uh, when you have four hunters beating up on the same monster and they're all using an explosive weapon and the monster is just blowing up to bits, it's kind of hard to see, but the game doesn't tank in frames. So it, it's still like perform performance wise, it, it works out pretty good. That's super impressive because I right even with like uh, Hyrule Warriors, which is the oh god, my god, like <laughs> either traditional Hyrule Warriors or the most recent one. Anytime there was a lot going on on screen, it's particularly like with a lot of particle effects, you would notice the frame rate like tank to single digits sometimes. So the fact oh, that yeah. this game is using probably like higher graphical fidelity and not having the frame rate dips and still having all these crazy particle effects is really impressive. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's super crazy, especially since um, monster hunter world was notorious for being poorly optimized. Um, I, I went through hell and back just getting the game to be streamable on my computer <laughs> and my computer is beefy. Like, I don't understand how they think or how Capcom thinks that having just insane amounts of unoptimized useless code being run all the time is good for performance. It's a big fucking problem. But either way, uh, Monster Hunter Rise runs really well on the Switch. It's fun. It's easy to get into. And if you have friends, it's even better. If you have friends to play with, to, to play with, rather. So yeah, I yeah. I was interested in potentially picking it up, but like I don't yeah. see myself playing with other people a lot. So will mm -hmm. I be losing a lot by trying to play this game entirely by myself? No, no. You'd be able to go through every single quest by yourself and experience the game to its fullest. Okay, but you would be a fucking loser. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, no. I've definitely I've considered picking it up mostly because everything I've ever heard about Monster Hunter makes it seem like I would really enjoy it. My main problem or my main concern is the time sink yeah. because I don't want to be like as much as I feel like I'd enjoy it. I don't want it to be another game that I'm going to spend hundreds of hours on because uh, I have I have too much to do, to do with my allotted time. Um, it, it is it is a bit of a time sink. Um, yeah. Once once you get to endgame, uh, you're grinding for these things called talismans, which essentially are randomly generated. They they can have up to two skills uh, of any skill combination and any any amount. And you're pretty much just searching for, for what's considered a god charm. Mm -hmm. So it, skills that you'd want would be like quick sheath or weakness exploit or critical boost. It, skills that fit to pretty much any build to help amp up damage um, or, or performance or whatever um, and allow you to, to use other pieces to make your build stronger. So that in itself is going to take a lot of time unless you get like incredibly lucky and you just start getting crazy good talismans right off the gate, um, which is not going to happen <laughs> unless you, yeah. I don't know. I don't know the, the kind of luck you get, but it's probably well, not going to happen if you're unlucky. Jeff got the Sword of Kings and two Starmen, so. Yeah. <laughs> and, what was oh, and I got the, uh, the I forgot the name of it, the sword in Symphony of the in Night. Symphony, yeah. That, uh, that yeah, just breaks right, the game. Yeah. It just, like, if you, the hold one down that... the, yeah, if you hold down the button, it just, I got that in, without farming. I just got it. So, what? Yeah. Uh, I have a very good luck with <laughs> rare item drops, apparently. Yeah, so you probably be getting plates and gems 
like nobody's business so you probably be fine <laughs> sweet yeah. um yeah i don't know i've considered picking it up i just i haven't pulled the trigger similar yeah. for similar reasons as to you we... Andrew. Because we almost got into World, too. We said like, we were going to get a into certain World. point, yeah. And we were like, we're going to wait for the PC version to come out. And the PC yeah. version came out and no one talked about it. So <laughs> I was just like, kidding. I guess we're not playing Monster Hunter? It was yeah. it, No, trust me, it was a good idea not to get into the PC version of, of World. Um, because that game is even grindier and even more time-consuming than Rise. Gotcha. They, they, they forced you to... Uh, grind for decorations which essentially are just little little gems that you slot into your armor and they give you skills um back in older games you could make decorations out of monster parts so it, it would be like you'd go hunt a certain amount of monsters for their parts and then you'd go to the smithy and make the decorations and slot them in and that was that in world they made it so that you had to run the same quest over and over and over again to pray to the RNG gods that you got the gem that you needed. And then when you didn't get it, you hated yourself and did it again. <laughs> and that was just the endless cycle. It was awful. Yeah. <laughs> See, games like that just don't sound fun to no. me. Like, I don't like grinding for loot in video games. No, no, no. Rise, Rise is completely different. Okay. You'd, yeah. you'd be able to make a, a very, very strong build out of what the game is is giving you that you can make um without needing like a really good talisman or anything like that like that's just kind of like the cherry on top i think i may try to pick it up either sometime if it's ever on sale or there's like mm -hmm. a big lull in games at some point during the year i may pick it up and give it a shot uh mostly because i want to i want to put some time into it for game of the year discussion uh, mm -hmm. I hear yeah. a lot of people saying, I've heard someone today say like, yeah, it's, it's my current game of the year. Um, yep. I agree. Wow. So, but that's that, that person probably hasn't played loop hero and it is currently <laughs> only four, three months into the year. So, yeah. Um, so lot, lot to have. As, think, think about it this way. At this point a, last year, we were sitting on final fantasy seven or we were almost there. Yeah. Right. So like we already, and wasn't there one more that came out like earlier than I mean, Ori, we had Ori by this yeah. point. Uh, yeah, we already had it, yeah. bangers at we this time. We had two of our top year, twos. So. Um, so yeah, uh, I I probably will play it before the end of the year. Uh, okay. But speaking of game of the year, Landry, you'd brought it up. Let's uh, let's all give our loop hero update for Jeff, the week. Before before we get to that, I want to uh, really quick point out the best uh, April Fool's joke that I've seen, uh, and it is by from none other than Young Horses. And they released a trailer, like a short 30 second video earlier today, uh, just called Snacks. Uh, and it's a video <laughs> of Bug Snacks, <laughs> but they're just food. It just says oh. burger <laughs> and <laughs> strawberry. <laughs> and and the, the song is playing in the background, and they edit out the bugs. So they're just like, talk about snacks. <laughs> okay, that's pretty good. And it's amazing. And I'm wearing my Bug Snack shirt, so I thought it was very fitting. Look at that. Um, all right. Let's give our Loop Hero updates for the week. Who wants to go first? Adam, you're new to Loop Hero. You downloaded it last Hero. week's podcast. How much did you play it, and how much do you like it? Uh, I do like it a lot. I did not. <laughs> Honestly, I was skeptical about the whole, you're not actually pressing any buttons kind of deal, but damn if it's not entertaining. Yeah, it's, like, it's pretty good. Jose, like have you what? touched Loop Hero at all? I have not. Okay. But I've heard so many good things about Loop you, Hero. You should play it, dude. It, it's going to be one of the stream games soon. 
Yeah, I just yeah. I'm giving all of my I, attention to Monster Hunter Rise right yeah, now. That's understandable. I am not too far in, but from what I have played, I have been enjoying it. Like I don't have any other I don't have any new characters yet. I've done a few loops, uh, a few runs, expeditions that they called, I think. Yeah. 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 Just a few. Like I'm I'm loops. Loops. <laughs> loops, expeditions, whatever. You get the point. Always so. be expeditioning. Come on, doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's not wrong. It doesn't quite like, roll. Off one journey is an expedition, and then like a loop is a loop. So Adam yeah. is not wrong. Uh, Technicality, baby. Uh, Derek, but, yeah, what, it's oh, fun. Sorry. Yeah, it's, sorry, it's it's fun. Yeah, it's really good. Derek, what's your update? Uh, I have been doing pretty good. I got to the uh, third boss again, but I decided not to face it. Because I had like a hundred resources, like Jeez. full resources, so I was like, I can't, I cannot lose, uh, I can't lose all this stuff. Which, in hindsight, I probably could have done it because I forgot that I had um, the, I was using the ancestral crypt, which gives you a, a, a an automatic res, and I also have another res. So, so you had three res or two reses, two reses, and I, I don't. Yeah, I think I only had two reses that run. But so I probably, I don't know. I, maybe I could have beaten him. Maybe I couldn't. Like I had a pretty great build with the Necromancer and was just destroying shit. But I just I couldn't take the risk. And now I haven't been able to like replicate that run. So should have gone like, for it. Yeah, I, maybe I should have gone for it. I don't know. So yeah, I'm at this point. I'm basically like trying to experiment with different deck compositions to like try and build the most efficient looping loop thing. <laughs> uh, like I've seen some interesting things that people like do online and like, I've been trying to do like just as small a deck as possible, like seven cards. So it's uh, super focused. Times. Yeah. Just like focus on like literally having like just some, one for basically only one from each category and then like maybe you know whatever ones you need to have a couple more than one you know you have a couple more but like really focusing on just small things and hoping that that like you know does it quick enough uh i got the the i don't know if you've got the maze of memories card yet i have i don't know what it does so it just fills up a random like a random amount of the the screen but it from what I've read, its application is it basically can help you face the boss earlier, but it doesn't seem it seems helpful if it seems like it would have been more helpful if I got it earlier, but the like the third boss takes so long to build up to that it doesn't seem useful. Like getting me to that boss earlier won't matter because I'm still gonna be at like loop nine or ten when i like trigger the boss as opposed to like like because i think eventually i want to say i think maybe after you beat the third boss there's like certain materials you have to grind for and you get them by defeating the earlier bosses mm -hmm. so i think that might become like where it comes into more play Ugh. it comes into play more um so yeah, I don't. At this point, I'm like, I don't know what I should be doing. If I should be grinding more to like upgrade my buildings and get everything going, or if I should be like trying to focus on beating the third boss. Yeah, I find so. that a difficult thing to decide. Like, okay, should I be looking to beat bosses, or should I just be grinding for materials? Um, yeah, because yeah, I run into that too. 
and that's it's the case because that's at the, with the third boss that's the toughest part is you have to commit so much time to get to the third boss that it's like you have so many resources it's just like uh like i guess you gotta like feel it like you gotta like a rogue like you gotta feel out the run like if you get maybe if you get the perk that lets you store 10 percent of your uh findings early on like maybe it's like okay i'm gonna face the boss because i'm like storing my my stuff but mm. if you don't get that perk until like later in the game till you're like one or two loops from completion it's like okay well now i have tons of resources i guess i gotta go i don't know it's it's perplexing but it I is mean, it's, it's it's a, it's a much, fun game much deeper game than it is on the surface like the more you do and the further you go in it the more there is to it yeah, and that's it just like gets deeper and deeper every time i find myself being like oh i think i might be getting burnt out i might be getting bored of this game i unlock like one to three new cards or abilities or build something new in my town and it changes everything yeah to the point where i'm like whoa this how did i like i'm doing things entirely differently like uh was was it you telling me you got the smithy gold card where it lets you have an additional equipment, but the rarity right, of equipment yeah. less? Did you know that the additional equipment you get for the rogue is the magic amulet, which gives you the magic defense? Right. Yeah. It makes the rogue it so good. Game. It changes yeah. the game entirely. Or the forest, where it like it, every forest you have placed increases your attack speed. That changes the game significant. So it, yeah, it's so fun to mix and match combos and unlock something new and see how that changes everything. Um. So far, I've beaten the first boss with all three characters. I've beaten the second boss with the Necromancer, and I'm trying to beat the second boss with the other two before I even go on to the third level. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I may, maybe should go back and do because I only I like yeah, I only did it with the Necromancer. Maybe I should go back and do it with the the Warrior and the uh, Rogue. Hmm. Um. So yeah, it's I don't know. I've been really enjoying it. What about you, Andrew? Uh, I haven't really played it too much. I, I'll basically just throw it on if I am doing other things on the computer. I've been trying to devote some more time to games that I want to definitively finish. I feel like Loop Hero is a game I could be playing all year. Like it right. will, exactly. it will take me all year to beat it. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm kind of you know layering my time spent with it. I'm not quite as addicted to it, and I have a. At least currently, but I have other I have other things that I want to try and focus on right now, like finishing Assassin's Creed, or maybe going back to Persona Five Strikers, which I haven't played in a couple of weeks. So, but I'm still every every run I play, I I adore that game. So, uh, I'm I'm really looking forward to to yeah. doing more. And like just hearing you guys talk about like the next steps for me, like I haven't beaten the second chapter yet, so I'm. <laughs> really wondering what the hell chapter three is going to be about you know and like all of these extra things it's just such an engrossing experience yeah it's uh it's really really fun i've been enjoying playing it a ton i have it going like in the background a lot of the time yeah um okay cool uh i think there's a new game that just came out that we've all played uh first off actually outriders came out today has anyone played any outriders yet Oh me! You did play the one person. All right, talk well, about you it. You played the you played the beta, didn't you? I did play the demo, uh, and uh, yeah, I have only played I think into the, uh, into the game up until like the point where the demo ends. So it's not that much different from uh, the demo so far. But 
it. I think it actually. I think it's the game now that it's a finished game is feel is running a little bit better. So it feels a little bit better to play. Um, I don't know if they like. I think in the demo they kind of like speeded it up a little. I believe it. Yeah, they like made it get a little harder quicker so that you could like see how hard the game kind of could get. Uh, so I'm not, I find that I'm not dying as often as I did in the demo because like the game is scaling, like, because now I have, you know, 30 hours of content to potentially play over instead of just two hours. Um, so I definitely like the game feels a little bit easier, but also I also know how the game works now. So it's like, oh yeah, th this is how, you know, this is how the abilities work. Like I, I played the same class that I chose in the demo, the pyromancer. So I already know how it works. So I, I'm excited to dive in. I've heard some good things about the end game, which like has been one of those things. I don't think they've talked about it too, too much because they want to like, you know, you want to discover the end game on your own. Uh, but I, I've heard it's very Diablo like, which is exciting because Diablo has a very good, like replayable end game. And I was like, think I was like, man, I hope I like this game. Cause I would kind of like to try every class. Cause like the classes all sound really cool and unique and I was having trouble picking one. So I hope, cause that was one of the things with Borderlands was, like, once you played the game once, it was really, really difficult to go back and try and play it again with a different character. But I feel like maybe with this game, it might be a little easier if, like, the gameplay really changes up that much. Um, same thing with, like, with Destiny. Like, the game, the core gameplay was about shooting, not about your abilities, whereas this game is all about your abilities and the shooting is just an extra thing you do from time to time. So, yeah, I'm excited to play a little more of it. Uh, yeah. I have downloaded it's on Game Pass, it. yeah. so it's free. I've downloaded yeah. it onto like, my Xbox. Are you playing it on your Xbox? Yeah, I'm playing on my. Yeah, why would I spend money when I can get that, it for free? That was my thought. <laughs> All right, and we'll have to play together over the next week, and then we can talk about it more. Yeah, uh, definitely. The following week. Uh, okay, sweet. Uh, I think I've definitely seen Andrew playing this. Derek, I don't think you might have played it. It takes two. Oh, I haven't played it yet. You haven't played it yet? Okay. I haven't played it yet. Andrew, who are you playing it with? Uh, my roommate Jordan, who I may or may not have made a guest appearance earlier this episode. <laughs> uh, yeah, he, was, he was hanging out. Um, okay. Uh, I've been playing with Allison, right? Who is <laughs> naturally does, her, her video games include Animal Crossing, Stardew uh -huh. Valley, and sometimes Mario Kart, and she's just getting pretty decent at drifting. Um, so I'm sure we're having two very different experiences, but I want to hear you talk about it first. And I have, to, uh, I have to go run do something real quick. You can talk about it. I'll be right back. I'm still listening. Okay, sure. Um, so It Takes Two is definitely a time. Uh, it's... it's <laughs> I have a lot of trouble <laughs> trying to describe this game because it... It's like there's so much in it. There's it, like this game is a little bit of everything. But I I don't know who this game is for, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like this. It's a really fun co-op experience and one of the most unique co-op experiences of that. In that, if you play as one of the two different characters, each one has their own unique uh, roles in every scenario. So like as you move from chapter to chapter, they'll 
fit each character with a gimmick in that one particular chapter. For example, we just did one where the wife has an ability to cr to leave a clone of herself that she can teleport back to, and the husband can can slow down or reverse time on certain objects. Their names are May and Cody. Yes. Uh, but, um, and, and so like the, the play experiences for the two characters are totally different, uh, depending on who you play as, which is really cool. So the co-op is, is, is great, but holy shit, <laughs> the narrative doesn't make any sense. And I hate the characters. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's <laughs> Jeff. I don't know how far, Jeff, how far are you in the so, game? So Allison and I beat the first boss. And then okay. and then we're like halfway through the level where you're using the hammer and the nail, I think. Okay, yeah. So Which you're still so fun. Uh, pretty early on. We're early on. I'm it's very slow yeah. with her. She's very bad at the platforming. Uh it takes her I'll, I'll get through it in one or two tries and I'm just standing there for like a couple minutes waiting for her to do like the most I simple mean, I, double jump into me dash. With Jordan too, so. Um but I was I was surprised because I didn't think she was going to stick to it, but she's getting better at it slowly and slowly. And I was like, we beat the first box. I was like, okay, this is a good stopping point. Do you want to, do you want to stop and take a break? She's like, no, I think I want to keep going. I'm enjoying it, which I was like, all right, sweet. Uh, <laughs> but anyways, you can continue. But yeah. It's like, I honestly can't even imagine playing this game with your significant other because it would just like playing it with my roommate makes us uncomfortable. <laughs> like, <laughs> These are just awful characters. <laughs> they, yeah. They, the whole point of the game, right, is that they're a couple getting divorced. They've already decided to get divorced. You can tell that they should get divorced based on their interactions with each other. And then when you're playing <laughs> the game, their daughter is like sad that they're that her parents are getting divorced, as you would be. Um, and so her she like cries on these dolls, and their her parents get transported th their consciousnesses into the dolls and then they're going through this like magical adventure to quote unquote fix their relationship but they just should like they should just get divorced they're awful to each other they like all of the all of the steps that they're taking in the narrative to fix their relationship are things that they should have just talked about from the beginning or like at least seen a therapist or something <laughs> like it's just it seems like very basic communication that they're just not so, having yeah and i think that's that's part of the thing is they uh like they acknowledge the game starts with them being like yeah we're getting divorced we hate each other we're bad at this we are a bad couple so like i don't think you can take away from it like yeah that that's already been decided and that's the point of the game is these two people who don't get along they hate each other we're trying to work together to be like accomplish a goal but, you know it's as not the, it's as like you progress but as you progress more in the story it becomes just so like the, like the way that they that they act about it is like i feel like their relationship is just so irredeemable like they like they're awful to their daughter they're awful to each other it's like, I think that's the point. That's the point of it all. I've heard the story is the worst part of the game. Oh yeah, yeah I, it I'm not it saying make sense. I'm not saying the story is fun or, or like necessarily yeah, good. I, I mean, I, I but it makes saying, sense. Like, that's probably the point is that they are these dog shit people, and like maybe they'll redeem each other in the end. I don't know. Yeah, but. I don't know the the steps that they've taken so far from where I am do, does not feel earned. Is basically where I'm getting. Uh, gotcha. And and we can't not talk about Dr. Hakeem. <laughs> the fucking magic book of truth or whatever. 
Yeah, he, <laughs> it's like the most overdone Spanish European stereotype of all time. I'm pretty and sure like, Joseph Ferris said like, yeah, he is that way. He is the stereotype. Like the stereotype is there for a is like this is what we wanted it. We wanted it to be the stereotype. So he's fucking annoying and in your face right. about and, it. And that, yeah, yeah. And that is, you know, at, at the very least, like the characters in the game too are very aware and, and annoyed by, by this character. Uh, but, so, but the, the stereotype is just tired and overdone. Um, but having it, but every time he's on screen, I'm like, it's just fun because something wacky is going down. And just like the way that he's animated, the way that he talks, the way that he interacts with Cody and May, uh, is pretty fucking hilarious. Mm. I um, I've been really enjoying it with Allison. Like I said, we're yeah. not we're not too far in, but it's the most fun I've had in a co op game since Portal Two. Portal Two, oh, I yeah. think, is the greatest two player co op of all time, and this is this is up there. And I I want to see how it plays out to see if it gets better. Yeah. Or is like I mean, it's a it's a great it. co-op experience, but outside of the gameplay, everything about it just makes me uncomfortable. However, and, and again, I think that's the point. Maybe, but we'll see. Uh, however, I did suplex a squirrel. So, uh, <laughs> best game of the year. Ten out of ten. <laughs> game of the year. Um, at the very least, best moment. Like, <laughs> fucking squirrel, dude. Uh, is there anything else you want to say about it? Takes two. No, not really. I think I basically covered it. All right, yeah. I'll give more updates uh, as I play more of it with Allison. We're slowly going to chip away at it, I'm sure, over yeah. a couple months. I think I should have it finished by next week cool. based on our progress. Nice. Um, Andrew, uh, Derek, Tcon, and I, we finally beat Left 4 Dead, all of the Left 4 Dead campaigns. Yeah. Nice. We did it. Uh, it. It was very Oof. fun. We Except for the last one, right, Jeff? That last level was rough. Um, yeah. You were getting very... Uh, impatient. I was getting <laughs> super impatient at the end. You were like, you just, also, just end it. I want you out. You also disconnected like two times. Yeah, yeah my client like... was being a piece of shit. It would disconnect me for no reason. And then, like, my character model would be standing still. And you're like, we need to go here. And I'm like, I can't move. <laughs> I was getting really naturally, annoyed naturally. at the level and my client. And so I was just like, okay, I don't give a shit. Yeah. One person get to the end so just, we can be fucking done. This fucking game. And uh, there's the and there's the one section where we stayed in that in the river for way too long and everybody died. Yeah. And yeah. so I was like, okay, I'm gonna just try and finish the level by myself. And I, I ran ahead, and then there's we all died. A tunnel. No, there was a tunnel, and just like 50, 50 zombies came out of there. And I was like, ah, oh, shit. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. Um. But yeah, that was fun. Next, we're gonna do the Halo campaigns, and then after that, we'll do Final Fantasy 14. I promise, Willis. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, other than that, Adam, what have you been playing? Or actually. We'll go back to Jose. Jose, is there anything you've been playing besides Monster Hunter? Or is that kind of consuming everything right now? Uh, I mean, yes and no. Like Monster <laughs> Monster Hunter has been kind of like my only focus uh, for a good while. But man what was the other game i was but i listen right i i can't think of anything other than monster hunter at the moment that's okay I'm, what was that? I'm, oh you amori another, yeah amori amori never heard of yeah it. so it's this uh really depressing psychological horror rpg okay. um as long story short like this kid 
goes through some traumatic events and he hides in like a like a made-up world in his in his dreams and you're kind of just playing through the game from a point where you're kind of like super disoriented and you're piecing everything together in your head as you go uh in terms of like what happened to you that got you to this point and like the characters are really charming and also really depressing and the story itself is is very it's very adult themed and and anybody that is sensitive to that to you know um themes of like suicide and self-harm and any of that stuff probably should not play it but um the story's good uh it's very it's very immersive once you get in it you you just kind of want to keep going uh, and and like uncover the mystery of what happened um and once you get to the to the revelation to to the reveal oh my god hmm. it is one of the most heartbreaking things huh. i've i've seen oh man in in a video game yeah it it's bad how uh how long is it uh it took me i think 18 hours to go through it oh, that's not bad it's it's oh. not too bad yeah it i played like six or seven hour um sessions on stream and i enjoyed every single moment of it it was great like it, you know the the leveling doesn't feel like a chore it just happens organically and like the game itself is very funny and a bunch of random stuff happens while you play it um so yeah i mean it's it's worth playing if you're if you can tolerate the the serious themes that the game throws at you uh other than that i've been playing risk of rain 2. oh cool um they have that's a game i think that we should all play it's a very fun game um they had their anniversary update i think last week and they like redid the entire uh, the entire final uh boss area they didn't redo the boss fight itself, but uh, how to get to the boss and then escape the area is, is completely new. They added a new character, which is insanely broken. Um, they added some new items, which make the game really fun. Uh, overall, it's it's, it's a, it was a pretty good update, and I put a lot of hours into Risk of Rain 2. It's, it's a very fun game, even more so with friends. Yeah. Yeah, that's I one I wanted to check out. It. Yeah, it's, it's been on my radar for, for a while. After Final Fantasy fourteen, <laughs> <laughs> there's a list now. There's a hierarchy. Uh, all right, cool. Anything else? Uh, let me see what else is in my Steam directory. <laughs> uh, there seems played... to be someone in chat that uh, is from your streams named uh, Flame Shadow. Flamey, yeah, yeah. Uh, I she, don't know if you have. She's the always open. there for for my. Uh... For all of my, she's one of my mods. She said, uh, "Omori is very good and very sad." Yes, it is very, very sad. Omori apparently came out at the end of last year. Yes, yeah, it's a relatively new game, and it was. Again, I re highly recommend it. Um, I also played Doom Eternal for the first time. There you go. Nice. That game was ridiculously hard. <laughs> like that too. I played it. I played it on. Ultraviolence, I think, thinking like, oh yeah, I I played the 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 other Doom in like really high difficulty. I think I'll yeah, handle I'm, this. Yeah, I'm good and, at video games. Yeah, right? my aim's good. <laughs> no, 
the movement in that game is really crazy like being able to dash around the entire arena and and the weapons interact in different ways and i thought they they would from the first game considering that um the the first game just played completely differently doom 2016 hmm. uh doom eternal was fun and then we did uh star wars night to the old republic from start to finish wow you already beat it yep great Both so you're not days. allowed to talk about it because i know i know the episode, <laughs> yeah right yeah you, you should totally come on that episode and talk about it absolutely it's and one it, of my favorite games of all time oh wow. shit okay good I, I need to fucking put my nose to the grindstone and get playing it anytime that i have an opportunity it's just like i play i'm only able to play for like an hour so i'm chipping away super you. slowly you know it's it's super fun like it, it was really nostalgic because i loaded it up and you know the the bioware logo came up and it just threw me back from a better age yeah from a better (laughs) age yeah Uh, (laughs) weapon from a more civilized age it it threw me back to like back when i used to live in puerto rico i think it was like 2006 or 7 when i played it for the first time and i got like really immersed really into it the characters have a lot of story if you're willing to put in the time to to talk to them as you go through the game and i know time is like a very big commitment because you know you've got a lot of stuff on your plate but when you get the chance definitely play it it's very much worth it yeah well we're all technically currently playing it yeah right? technically yeah. <laughs> when finish it damn it i i finished it <laughs> when I, i'm pretty close to being done when yeah. i finish uh bravely default 2 so that, okay I got a brand new kitten this past week. So before oh. that happened, I was like, I'm going to put a lot of time into KOTOR. But the way it works is uh, we have the new kitten locked in our bedroom. And we have our current cat uh, freely roaming the rest of the house. And uh, we don't want to introduce them too quickly. So I was like, great. Uh, Allison can hang out with the new cat in the bedroom. And I will hang out in the living room and play KOTOR. It's perfect. Allison <laughs> is extremely allergic to this new cat. So she, oh, no. she can't stay in there for long periods of time. Uh, Which is weird because every video Allison has sent me of the cat has been on her face. Yeah, that cat, yeah. like that cat's favorite place to be is here, uh, and she's so fucking adorable. Her name is Morgana. We call her Mona for short. Yes, Mona. that yes, that is a Persona yes. Five thing. Uh, I love it. Uh, but so like I'm stuck in that room and I don't have a TV in my room, so I don't can't hook up my Xbox. So I've just been playing Bravely Default Two. But uh, we've been slowly introducing them. We got the kitten on Friday. And okay. then yesterday, for the first time ever, we let Mona out of the room, and, like, they're interacting, and Marchie's mostly, like, whatever. She mostly just want to smell the new cat, but then the new cat is, like, uh, like get away from me, and then Marcy chases the new cat because she just wants to smell her, and then she hisses at the new cat because she's like, bitch, just let me smell you, and the other cats, the new cat's like, no, get away from me, so it just causes problems, but we're making progress. Uh, I, I remember the first time... Uh my my cat and my um my girlfriend's cat were introduced it was it took a month for them to finally get okay being near each other yeah uh we're expecting it to be a while but we're making much better progress than we thought it's less than a week and they've already like been in the same room before that's good so uh yeah dante dante got uh smacked and scratched anytime he was anywhere near kiki like, if they were in the same room, Kiki would fight to get out of that. that <laughs> room. Want nothing to do with them. 
when I uh, briefly lived at my parents' house for a little bit back in like 2019, I had my cat with me. So uh, originally she just stayed in my room. But over time, as she got more used to things, she slowly crept her domain into like more and more of the house. But the thing is that my, my mom's cats are bitches. So <laughs> like eventually she uh, took over the house, essentially. So my other two cats wouldn't go anywhere near her and it was hilarious yeah so that's my excuse as to why i haven't been playing kotor but <laughs> you get a pass <laughs> everybody else doesn't i will put my nose down to the grindstone i will have it beat by the end of the month i promise because i want right. to get really into it the stuff i have played i've really liked uh all right cool adam what have you been playing uh you know the usual playing some kotor got some league in there uh, the only big thing that happened this week is I was uh, playing the new expansion for Hearthstone because they just dropped their new year. Nice. How's that? Uh, so far, so good. They definitely they revamped their rewards track from last time. So they switched it from how it originally was where you get gold for daily quests and you get experience. So there's, like, there's a whole track now like a lot of games are doing nowadays. Mm. But they completely revamped it from the last uh, expansion where there's double the amount of tiers now. Like, there was 50 last time, there was 100. And they're also getting between each level a lot quicker. Like, expansion's been out for, what, three days now? And I'm already at level 30. Wow. So that was just Damn. off of some weekly quests and such. So Yeah, so just playing through the new cards, trying out some new decks, waiting for the meta to reestablish itself. Right on. So yeah, nothing too crazy. So far, it's fun. Cool. Is that about it? And Loop Hero? Yeah, uh, yeah, that and Loop Hero. We already talked about that. I dig it. Uh, more, more Ori and the Will of the Wisps. That is a fun game. It is a very good game. I'm glad that it you're finally getting a chance game. to play it. Yeah, I am. Uh, in that, I'm, I got two of the Wisps. I got the one in the uh, the hollow with all the spiders, and I got the one on top of Bowers Reach. Nice. Mm, so you I, met the the bear Bower. The bear is Bower's Bower. awesome. Bower, Bower is awesome. But yeah. Then I went to go do the desert location, and I finally get there. It's like Oh, you need the other three before you can get in here. Like, ah, oh, goddamn it! I did that same thing, and yeah. I was like, oh shit. All right. I mean, the perk is I got the burrow ability, so now if I run into dirt, I can just like honestly, it's totally worth it just getting that extra mobility ability. Yeah, dude. Every like, ability you get in Ori Will of the Wisps like is so much fun so to use, and chaining them together uh, is the most. Yeah, fun. like the the light aura in the the Glimwood, like that was a cool ability. Yes, I still think you yeah, guys are like, fool for not voting for for uh, best feeling game last year. Honestly, there's some dude. That Sm game has some Spider-Man is so special though. Ups and downs yeah. in that game. Man. I don't know. Uh, Ori felt so good. Like, Ori's giving Ori me the feel. Ori did feel great. Ori gives They're me like, feel. They were very close, Jeff. Um. All right. Cool. Um. Yeah, it's, it's, it's such a good game. It's so much better than the first one, and the first one was amazing. Hmm. Uh, for me, just more time in Bravely Default 2. I think I only have three jobs left before I have them all. Well, there's like a fourth secret one where you have to go beat the game and then go back in. I don't plan on doing that. Uh, so for me, there's three jobs left, uh, which means I should be getting relatively close to the end of the game. I think you, it, traditionally in the other two, the first two Bravely Default games, you would get the last uh, job and then there's like a full chapter after that. Um so I think that's where I'm at. So I'm, I'm getting there, but nice. that's about it. Smash with Andrew I'm every day. Not getting there. Yeah, I are you kind of like weaning off? Or are you never gonna play it? 
No, I I'm playing it here and there. Uh, I played a pretty good chunk uh, last night. Okay. Um, and it's just I, I well, so you, you talking about it last week and how you like finally found like a great synergy. Like was like, all right, I gotta like I gotta I gotta get I gotta play so I can find that that you know that satisfying gameplay loop the the jobs that fit how I want to play right. So I'm like, all right, I like I should just play. So that's kind of my I think my nighttime game. You know, mm. when it's when it's late and I don't feel like going to bed yet, I'll play it on the switch for for like an hour or two um and instead of going down or and like starting to play something else so right yeah, i definitely will start playing it a little bit more sweet uh what else have you been playing derek uh i have also been playing a little bit more of persona okay slowly chip you have so, so many games that you slowly chip away at. we have totally different like gaming play styles where like i'd like to try to hard focus one game at a time and you like are chipping away at so many different things so i could never i could never like chip away at like five or six different games at once i have to like laser focus on one and get it done and then move to the next because it just thinking about like having to do something else in the other game, it gives me anxiety while playing the, the other game. <laughs> right, that's it, part of why awful. it took me so long to even start Kotor because I was I was on like the Persona Five Royal train, and I was like, I'm not touching anything else until I beat this, and that took a really you. long time. <laughs> Anyways, my thing, and there's three games that i'm currently you could say chipping away at right now oh, yeah. and there's a theme between all three of them jrpgs They're all jrpgs what's the third one i'm also i also started playing final fantasy 7 again the original <laughs> the original let's go what a game why, why did you restart it i didn't restart it i just continued on from because oh. last year before remake i only played up until after uh midgar, midgar. so I like booted up my PlayStation the other day and I like scrolled over to Persona and then I was like Final Fantasy 7 and I like went over <laughs> and I hit that and then I played that for like 2 hours. How are you uh, feeling about that? So it, Wait. after playing all 3 of these JRPGs yeah. in continuous, I don't like JRPGs. <laughs> <laughs> Did you before? Also really like JRPGs. Uh, I don't know. I, what I don't like, and it is that Long I cannot save whenever I want. That too. Um, Dude, if you're I, playing on your PlayStation, just suspend. I, I know, and that's what I did with uh, Final Fantasy VII, because I was like in the middle of a part I couldn't save, so I like just like, fuck it, I guess I gotta like suspend or whatever. But I just, I don't like that, like, uh... In Persona, I was like playing it, and I got to the part uh, where you get the the calling card for the first time, and I was like, "Perfect! I'm I'm leaving the the uh, palace. the palace, and like I can save. Uh, like I'll go back to the 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 my room. I'll save. But then the game just kept going. Yeah. And wait, no, I want to save. Let me go back and save." <laughs> And then it wouldn't go back. <laughs> so eventually, I found a spot where I could save, and I was like, "But it literally, like, it was, I had to play for another like forty-five minutes That'll before happen. I could save." And it's, it's just like, I, yeah, I let me save whenever I want. Kotor, I can save in the middle of a battle if I, I want to. Yeah. That is nice. Like, I'll give it. I'll give it that. Just let me let me exit the game whenever I need. I know, I understand like why 
games do this because it's like an art of you know it's like a like well if you can save before every decision and every you know whatever like it's the, dumb the Sir like, skyrim quick save like what would happen if right. i killed this guy let me quick save real first kill him oh i didn't like that result go back yeah right like it has its place it's no just frustrating like oh you're not in a safe place in this dungeon so you can't save before this guy like i i i'm okay with the penalty of having to go back to my previous save if i die kind of thing it's the that though although like but if i need to stop playing i can't stop playing that bothers me mm, yeah but i i will finish all three of these jrpgs soon. in the year 2077 yeah i will finish them He's going to get to the end of the month, he's going to be twitching from too much JRPG. <laughs> <laughs> and then another JRPG will come out, and I'll have to play it. So, Persona 7. If you need any help <laughs> with any of them, I'm fairly fluent in all of them at this point, so I can yeah. help you with any of them. At this point, it's like... Jeff's, two of those are Jeff's two favorite video games of all time. It's right? true. Yeah. And I can help you with KOTOR, so... I, I just choose whatever JRPG I want to play that day, and, and, and I play it. Play it for a couple uh, hours. Yeah. So besides, yeah, besides those, uh, I don't think I just play Destiny, and I've been I finally like got back into this season, and it's been really good. There's a lot of they're doing a lot of good things. I'm happy with it, so I'm satisfied that I bought the expansion or whatever with all the season passes. Cool. So I'll keep playing it from time to time. Maybe Tcon. And I will eventually play one day. I love how you look to the sky like, oh, maybe one day T-Con. <laughs> one day. I think he's T-Con. dead. <laughs> uh, all right, Andrew. Uh, I know no. there's, there's one big thing that you started playing. I think yesterday it came out. That's correct. Tell me about it. Uh, so Assassin's Creed 3. What? <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, oh, boy. <laughs> no, oh, no. Uh, no, I. Uh, yeah, so the new Binding of Isaac update the final Binding of Isaac update uh, just dropped yesterday. The Binding of Isaac Repentance. And oh my god. It's so amazing. Um, Binding of Isaac was already the best roguelike. And now they doubled the amount of content in the game. Uh, and so, Hades. Okay, here's, here's the thing, Jeff. Uh, Hades is yeah, a better Hades. video game. But Binding of Isaac is a better roguelike. It may have been the first good roguelike. No, or an it's early still good the roguelike. best roguelike. Yeah, Andrew, weren't you telling me the uh, like the the update page on Steam like was not long enough for all yeah. the updates? Edmund McMillan had to make a separate blog post because there were six pages worth of updates. You remember the Holy amount? Shit. You remember the amount of bug fixes that we just talked about in Cyberpunk? It's oh like twice God. that, but this is all new stuff. On top of balance changes and just like quality of life updates that make the game, even if you don't experience any of the of the new content, it's it it refreshes the game for for longstanding players, uh, and it adds a real co-op mode, uh, which didn't exist previously because before what would happen is you would kind of play as this like movable turret where you can't really interact or play the game, but you shoot tears to to help. But this time you can play with up to four actual characters and play cooperatively. And Adam, Jose, and I all played together uh, using Steam Remote Play, which only one person needs to own the game to do. Uh, and from what we've experienced, the there's no latency or anything. It was a pretty seamless seamless yeah, it, transition. 
it works surprisingly well. Like I did not expect it to work as well as it does. Yeah, it was it was and, uh, very responsive. I, I prayed a Sultan Sanctuary over the Steam play with my friend Dwayne the other day, and yeah, it just it works surprisingly well. Yeah, and it is really neat that you don't all need to own the game. It's like couch co-op for the future. Yeah, I uh, I expect myself to be addicted to Binding of Isaac again for the rest of the year. Solid, cool stuff. Uh, anything else? No. Okay. All right, cool. Well, I think we're at a good point where we can uh, take a quick break. I want to refill my water. Go check on my beef jerky. Uh, I have to. I have to unfill my bladder again. Seconded. Um, all right, cool. So yeah, we're going to take a break, and then when we come back, we're going to talk about our favorite Easter eggs in video games. We'll be right back, everybody. All right, we have returned, and we are going to talk about Easter eggs in video games. Easter is this weekend, Zombie Jesus Day, as it's better known among the people. Um, and I thought it was really fun. It'll be a fun conversation just to talk about Easter eggs in video games. They've been around forever. Uh, and everyone loves finding a good Easter egg or like when Easter eggs are discovered. So a couple things I want to talk about. First, I want to define what I think an Easter egg is. You guys can add to that. To, like, tell me what you think Easter eggs are in games. Um... Second, I want to talk about uh, like what some of our favorite Easter eggs are, and then third, like I feel like Easter eggs aren't really as big of a thing as they used to be. And why is why is that a thing? Um, so first off, Easter egg, what is it? Uh, for me, an Easter egg has always been uh, like something in a game that references something outside of the world of the game. Or so, for example. Um, say you're playing Mario 64, um, I wouldn't consider Yoshi at the top of the castle in Mario 64 as an Easter egg, because he's Yoshi, he's part of the Mario world, like, that makes sense, you know, that he's there. It's uh, more of like, uh, like a hidden unlockable. Yeah, so, whereas an Easter egg is something like in, in Ocarina of Time, when you're in, when you're in the, the Temple of Time... Uh, Derek, you're uh, you're verbrating there. Uh, what's you good, Derek? I think he's good now. Okay. Uh, when you're in the the temp, not the Temple of Time. When you're in Hyrule Castle, and you uh, uh, you look through the window in that place where Zelda is, you can see yeah. portraits of Mario and Bowser and Peach. Those are Easter eggs because it's referencing an entire different game world universe. Uh, real life thing within that game that's what an easter egg is to me i don't know how you guys feel about it because i know a lot of people who do consider the the yoshi on top of the castle in mario 64 as an easter egg whereas i personally yeah. don't i would i would define it as something explicitly hidden by the developers that is a nod or a reference to either themselves or or like you said jeff something outside of the of the game itself like um I believe the first video game Easter eggs were because in like in whatever console it was on, there wasn't enough 
memory or, or there just wasn't credits in the game right so mm. an easter egg the original easter eggs was a way for the developers to put their own credits in the game uh so in a way i like that easter eggs over the years have kept that tradition of referencing the developers themselves instead of necessarily other video games but seeing other video games references is still really cool too yeah Derek, you are muted. muted. Oh, I thought I was unmuted. All right. Uh, <laughs> would you consider the uh, the developers, the Game Freak developers in Pokemon Red, and like that in the EV building? You know how if you go to a certain floor, it's like, oh, I made I made the game. Or yeah, you are you're in the yeah you are in the Game Freak headquarters in a Game Freak game. Yeah, I consider that an Easter egg. Yeah. So, yeah. so I would consider I would at least consider the Super Mario sixty four Yoshi thing an Easter egg. I think I always thought of easter eggs as kind of just like hidden things that you kind of have to like go out of your way to find that aren't necessary that aren't like game like collectibles for the game or whatever but just like things that are there well like i, mean, they, I guess just no... to uh, to stay on the on the yoshi's one for a second what the game prompts you to go to the roof of the castle right does it that's that's my question. If it prompts uh, you to do it, I wouldn't consider it an Easter egg. I don't if think it, it does. doesn't prompt you. Then I would. Okay, because that's yeah. something. It's not that's, prompt. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. yeah. Because if it's okay. telling you to do it, then it's then it's not an Easter egg, because the point of an Easter egg is that it is otherwise unexplained. Right. Right. Uh, okay. I think you've convinced me. If it's like if it's something that's hidden, that you have to go out of your way to find it, you can play through the entire game without ever running into it. Yeah, that makes sense. Because, like, what is the point of an Easter egg in real life? It is something hidden that you are, like, you may or may not find. Um, yeah, and, like, sometimes they're even so subtle you won't even notice it. Like, uh, in the original Pokemon Diamond and Pearl, if you go up to Snow Point City on your birthday, if you have it set in the system and it's that day on the system's clock, the snow is sparkly. Yeah, that's an Easter egg. Like, it, it, it can be like something really, really small. It's yeah. like, hey, like I'm kind of with Derek here. It's like a little nod to, cool, you found this. Now get back to the game. Okay. Like it, it, it yeah. shouldn't have a direct impact on the game. You guys have won me over. And I have a theory on why we don't see them as much later. Like I already have a thought on that. Right, uh, well, let's just get that out of the way now because I think the more fun conversation is actually talking yeah. about some of Easter our eggs. favorite Easter eggs. So let's yeah. get let's yeah. get the conversation out of the way of like why don't we see very many Easter eggs anymore? I feel the like internet. Yeah. Oh, there's that, but okay. I think it's because of the internet. I want to hear what Adam has to think first, and we can come back to the internet. Thing. We'll put a pinpoint. My there. my we'll thought back. kind of was like we see more and more the games going like the way of. Uh, like cooperative or like as a service thing. So like they've definitely gone for more of like the Easter eggs are more so just here's a skin, but Oh, like there's no secret way to unlock it anymore. It's like, just give me money for it. So like you're using like Fortnite as an example where there aren't Easter eggs. There's just references there's, that are in, yeah, there's in so plain much sight random part of it. Re- yeah. There's so much random reference in everything now. Then like, even if there's going to be like this, uh, like even like back then, like an Easter egg could be like, "Oh, you did this random thing in game. Here's this secret unlock that no one knew was here that you get to play with now." Mm. Like it's just like a random cosmetic or something that has no bearing on the game whatsoever. But nowadays, we don't have that anymore. We just have, "Hey, look, we released this skin line. Give us money." Yeah. To, to, to I think to go along too with with Adam saying, a lot of times Easter eggs now that are found are are like they're not Easter eggs. They're like hints at upcoming content. Mm. Like, exactly yeah, they're like that post, was the other thing i was going to say right 
is yeah. like the reason that a quote unquote or like the reason that the your Ocarina of Time example, Jeff, wouldn't work as well today is because everybody like in the current culture would would see that and consider like are these worlds connected is this yeah. canon quote unquote you know like mm. is mario gonna appear in a zelda game is mario does mario exist in the zelda universe stuff like that and it's kind of like and to retry to my internet point a little bit it's like the amount that people share on the internet ruins the discovery and, and almost like the playground discussion aspect of Easter eggs. Like if something is hidden and somebody and one person finds it and posts it on the internet, then that thing is no longer hidden and it ruins the specialty of it. I guess that's a good point. It's like, yeah, how, what percentage of people are actually going to see it in the game now, as opposed to just seeing it on an internet post. Yeah. It's right. like, if, if you see it on the special. internet and then replicate it, then it's, it's less of an Easter egg and more of a scavenger hunt, mm. I guess. Uh, I wonder how much of that, too, coincides with the beginning of uh, the Black Ops slash Call of Duty Zombies. <laughs> that's the other thing I was going to say. Where they started as just, like, silly things that if you did the right things, this funny thing happened. Yeah, and like the original, like, like there was a, an original Darius Easter egg where it's yeah. like, you did a, a certain number of things and, like, you would unlock a gun, right? It, it was, was like the, a certain the alien gun. Right? The alien the gun? Yeah. Uh, no, I think it was something else. Or, like, something... You interact with something in the map, and it gives you, like, maybe an extra perk. But then, once they got to, like, Black Ops 1, right? Then it started becoming, like, every Easter egg is this big sequence of, of quests and actions that reveal yeah. the story of the game. And so the culture surrounding Black Ops Easter eggs specifically... I think has gotten way over bloated and like that's the first thing anybody does in the zombies community when a new pack drops is there's like weeks of streamers and personalities trying to figure out steps to the Easter egg and everyone it's like a collaborative effort. But at that point I wouldn't really call it an Easter egg, it's just that that's the term that's stuck. It's, yeah, yeah, it's, it's like a hidden quest or something mm. instead. Like it's not it's it's like a it's like a new destiny raid or something, right? Like that that's almost what I would equate it to. Yeah, I think that's almost a better comparison. Is you, you need to figure out the mechanics. You need to figure out like, and I mean, even uh, like I played a little bit of Black of Black Ops Cold War Zombies, mm -hmm. and like now it's like the 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 game just has objectives. Yeah, you it, it was the, the same objectives. way in four too. Yeah, like there's there are some like Easter eggs in there. Like I think you you do like if you do something right, there's the the scene where the, like the zombies reenact the the Kenyan funeral people. Or oh something yeah, like yeah. That. it's like that's okay, that's funny. But like other than that, it's like you're still like the the game is now about doing these objectives that used to be just funny little things the developers put in to see if people could find them. But people yeah. got, became so obsessed over them, they became the literally now the core gameplay. Yeah. Which, is cool i think and i, I think like that and but, i think that's a very special case though yeah but i think that's might be part of the way like no one no games now i yeah i i can't think of an easter egg i've been like the last ten, like, five to ten years yeah i i know they're the the most like the one i've heard the most about and i think it was arkham city oh one yeah. of the arkham games had an easter egg that was never found that was just found and like recently, right? I don't know if anyone technically ever found it. I think they just like let it out. Oh, they like said this is the Easter egg. Hmm. Like no one ever found out what it, where it was, what it was. Like because usually they are like Easter eggs are like developer rooms. 
like it's it's or it's like exactly those games, like the link to the past one yeah like it's just like hey you know here's a cool little place you found um yeah we you know we can talk about fun easter eggs in a second but yeah. like yeah like there's they're like still there but there's i feel like it's in much minimal numbers now the spirit and, of it has been lost yeah and maybe it's because these triple a games and stuff like maybe indie games are where we should be you know i don't know what indie games maybe have easter eggs but i like, think indie games are absolutely the way i think yeah. uh i don't see and, and the trouble with it is that today's culture blurs the line so much like Shovel Knight has like a patron room. It's like a big castle full yeah, of the yeah. likenesses of all of their of their backers from the Kickstarter campaign. Right. Or like Hollow Knight where uh they didn't they have that special like graveyard where it's like mm-hmm. all the people who did the Kickstarter or whatever. Like that's kind of like the Yeah. Yeah, but that's less of an easter egg and more of like a, a like right. a dedication. Right, right. It's like it's not like that's hidden. Like mm. the Shovel Knight castle I think is a little more hidden. Like you have to break a wall to go in. Right. Yeah, but it's not the same. I know. Um, all right, let's. Before we talk about our favorite Easter eggs, Flame Shadow in chat has a question for us. Uh, what about Heart Gold and Soul Silver when you fight Red at the top of the mountain? Is that an Easter egg? Hmm. No. I don't think so, because that's part of the game. Exactly. Like it's like it, like it's always mentioned. Like, oh, you can go to Mount Silver and you find him at the top. You know, it's not yeah, like yeah, you have to that's... do anything special to get there. I think it's 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 a natural progression of that game's story. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's the the secret hidden final boss. You know, less than so than Easter egg. Yeah, and like like he's he's a he's a reference to the first game, and it's really cool that it has that progression of the world. But but technically, the whole game is a reference to the first game because it's a direct sequel. (laughs) It is yes. Like you know, it's the protagonist you played as in the first one, which is really yeah. Like it's more of a. I'd say it's more of just a nod. Yeah, it's Easter egg adjacent at best, I think. <laughs> gotcha. Like, like yeah, like you could definitely not know he was there. Like when you like when Gold and Silver like first came out, you know, like you have to get all the way to the top of this mountain to find him there. It's like yeah, he, and it's this like, is yeah, and that's why I think the internet has ruined it because when you're a kid and you're on the playground and you're like, did you know if you go to the top of this mountain you fight fucking red? It's <laughs> but it's like then Heart Gold and Soul Silver you know, comes out and you read the reviews and then the comments say you fight red and it's not the same yeah. at all. It, it, it does yeah. kind of ruin it, but like, I see where we're going with that on, uh, on red. And like, yeah, in spirit, I think it kind of is there. Cause you know, he's so far out of the way on top of this mountain that it's like, it is very like, I don't even know how to say it. I mean, Easter egg to me, adjacent to me. I think he kind of counts as an Easter egg and it's mainly because he's so out of the way mm. like it's not yeah. it's not like it's not like a character that you have to fight to finish the game he's mentioned but you kind of have to have to go explore and find where he is and then fight him there away from everybody else it's not it's not a main boss or anything like that just beating him doesn't progress the story mm. but but the, the difference but the difference with this is i think that because he is a boss fight because he's part of the main mechanic and gameplay of the game like it's too ingrained within the game itself that it's it can't it doesn't really count yeah like would you count emerald oh, and ruby you. rep weapon in final fantasy 7 as easter eggs or just optional boss fights optional i boss think fight. i think yeah. it's the, like 
I get you. The fact that red was part of the original game makes it, like Adam said, kind of Easter egg adjacent. It's a cool nod. Um, But I think, yeah, as Andrew was saying, it's like he's an optional boss fight. Now, if that was like, if it wasn't red, like if you fought, uh, I don't know, Mike Tyson on the top of... (laughs) Yeah, that'd be an Easter egg. That's an Easter egg because it's referencing something entirely outside of the world of of the Pokemon universe, you know? But because it's part of the Pokemon universe... I think it's just a yeah, really, right. the, it's and just like, the greatest <laughs> secret boss fight of all time. And honestly, like especially with Heart Gold and Soul Silver, like back to what Andrew said, like it's kind of hard for us to be objective about that one. When we started Heart Gold and Soul Silver, we knew from the beginning of the game that Red was up there. Like we already knew he was waiting yeah. for us. Yeah, okay. I get you. But, so. I mean, okay, but so I, with this specific example, you have to disregard that Heart Gold and Soul Silver are the remakes and just Fair reference. Enough. Yeah, and if you're if you're talking about it as Gold and Silver specifically, yeah, um, yeah. that's uh, true. Yeah, uh, I think, yeah. and I think that goes back to being like, yeah, outside of the the game's universe is that like, makes makes it more so of an Easter egg than things that uh, yeah. aren't, you know? Yeah, to me, it's not Easter eggs are more something that's like not so much interactable, but just there for you to find and realize it's there as an Easter egg. Yeah, it's yeah. not part of it, the game mechanics usually. Mm-hmm. Like Spider Man being playable. Is it Spider-Man? Wolverine? Darth Maul being playable in Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2. Those aren't Easter eggs. Those are secret unlockable characters because they're part of the game mechanics. They're secrets. Yeah. Secrets yeah, are different than Easter eggs? Yeah. yeah. Secrets yeah. are different than Easter eggs. That's All right. All right. And, and, and I don't want this to come off as, as we are like gatekeeping what an easter egg can be interpreted as for some people yeah not at all this is just how we interpret it exactly all right so now that we're all on the same page about that let's talk about some of our favorite easter eggs uh i I, how do we want to do this do you just want to shout out random ones and then talk about it yeah okay yeah i got a fun one that i thought of go for it all right it's it's like a double because i know of two instances where this is a robin williams references in games there is in Breath of the Wild, there is supposedly a villager named Robin somewhere who looks very much like him. I have heard about that, yeah, because like, he he uh, was a huge Zelda fan. He named his daughter yeah, Zelda. Yeah, his daughter's yeah. named Zelda. And even in uh, in World of Warcraft, Robin Williams liked World of Warcraft. Uh, so in the game, there is a genie named Robin, which is thought uh, to be a like a clever nod to him, yeah, like the Aladdin really nod. Cool. Yeah, 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 that's I like that. Yeah, so like I like it when like like you hear stuff about this you know like you know everybody loved robin williams and like here are these games honoring him that way by just including his likeness or a reference mm. to him in these games that he loved like awada passed during the the development of breath of the wild and there is and now a... he's a he's a villager yeah, yeah he's like, a he villager just the map. yeah speaking of of wow there was a period of time probably like late 2000s like 2007 2008 where for some reason every game needed to have some kind of lost reference oh yeah and what was up with that <laughs> i think i think it might have been with it was i think it might have been uh wrath of the lich king but it could have been cataclysm uh there was there was a a hatch like randomly on an island and it was like a reference to the hatch and lost and then uh in a uh like just cause two which was like like one of those gta clones there's an island like way off on the map and if you fly towards the island before you're like supposed to go there in the game the you your plane crashes because like the like there's a reason in game but it's like this clever lost reference as well and then like there's a hatch on the island if you go find it so like yeah it's like there were like 
for some reason, a lot of games had lost Easter eggs. Because <laughs> that was, like, the big thing <laughs> at the time. <laughs> uh, I I'm personally am a huge fan of, like, the the slight nod to protagonists of other video games in in a video game. So uh, an example of this is in in Doom, the the 2016 Doom, there is a, a, a corpse, it's like a like a rotting corpse with the Skyrim helmet and it's got an arrow in its knee. Yeah, which that is was incredible. Be one of my examples. Uh there's in The Witcher 3, there's a dude that's dressed up like Altair and his body yeah. is just next to yeah. a pile of hay just dead. Like he he missed the leap of faith. Uh Is that ever that's a, is that a recurring thing? I don't because I feel like I've heard I've heard more instances of that of like Altair being dead in other games. Uh, and then in in Fallout Four, I might be making that up. <laughs> I think it's Fallout Four. There's a nod. There's like a, a refrigerator you can find, and inside of it is basically Indiana Jones's hat, yeah. uh, and basically making fun of uh, Indiana Jones in the Crystal Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, where he survives a nuclear blast by being in a fridge. And they're just I, like, no, you can't. I just need to point out real quick. We just talked about how no modern games have, have Easter eggs anymore. And Jeff just named four modern games that also put Easter eggs. We did it. Yeah, so we just proved ourselves wrong. Awesome. Time is a construct. Time is a construct. Um, yeah, so I, I love those like super subtle ones where unless you, it, like, it can catch you in the corner of your eye and you're like, wait a second. Uh, and it, when you do see it, it it's pretty fantastic. Yeah. Oh, another fun one. I think I mentioned it a few weeks ago when I was talking about uh, Kid Icarus. There's one level in the 3DS game where uh, you're running through the sky and there are these enemies that look striking like Metroids. And Pit's like, hey, haven't you ever noticed these things look, look like Metroids? And then the goddess who's like piloting his wings at that point is like, no, shush, stop talking. You can't reference that. Uh, there's also <laughs> an Easter egg. It, was it Donkey Kong? country tropical, tropical freeze, freeze. uh yeah. and this was on this was discovered what like a year or two ago it was very recent and that game's very old but if like you used to, like swim in a certain pattern on a certain level you see a metroid float by in the background so that's another well, one of the levels also has uh samus's gunship in the in the background of the level oh does it <laughs> yeah uh yeah and, and see, that's like the the that thing that you just the point you just pointed out of it just being discovered i feel like the best easter eggs are the ones that are the hardest to find in today's culture mm. because and as a result it negatively affects developers putting easter eggs in it because like you said with the arkham city one is yeah. like if if this easter egg hasn't been found at this point you know 10 plus years later however many like then what then what was the point of even including it in the first place if no one was ever going to find it it's like if it like I, it's i feel like it's just it's a disappointment compared yeah. to like earlier uh, yeah and it, it makes you think how many games are out there that have Easter eggs that just haven't been found, and the developers are like, maybe we'll tell them about it in ten years. Yeah, yeah. the uh, the the zombies guy Jason um, Blundell, he he would always tell tell people like, oh yeah, there's a shit ton of stuff you guys haven't found, and it will drive people insane. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I a great example of of kind of uh, the opposite thing. Uh, or what we were talking about earlier of, of minor Easter eggs that people blow out of uh, proportion um, in uh, Destiny, in the original Destiny, in the second um, expansion in the raid, there was this 
extra room that was like way way off the beaten path like i don't even know how the people found it but like that's what people do you know that like we were talking about earlier like people get excited about these like new content and they want to explore the shit out of it and they want to find every single thing and so people were just like in the raid exploring and they found this it, i think it was dubbed like the basketball room because there's like two basketball hoops or something like that in it and people were like what does this mean like what it, there's like a secret weapon and then like eventually like two weeks later like the one of the developers came out and said like yeah it, no it was just a fun like we just added it for fun like it's a little easter egg or whatever and like that definitely goes along the line of what we're saying like people just will like blow this crap out of proportion and uh yeah it's crazy uh i think the best example of something getting blown out of proportion but like for the better it has to be uh, Portal and the whole Ratman thing in Portal 1. Mm. I've heard about this. So this is the origin of the cake is a lie stuff. So there's just like, there's sprinkled throughout in like the back of rooms and like you have to put very clever, clever portal placement. It's not like, it's not inherently a part of the game. It's like often the side and hidden corners. It's like you see this journey of this escaped and he's called Ratman because he was like a lab rat. Uh, and he's like, he was going through the courses and, uh, he basically like, you see his descent into madness and all this scribbling on the walls and like his obsession with the companion cube and the whole, the cake is a lie thing. Like that wasn't a thing. That was just like a joke tucked away in the corner of this game that people discovered and latched onto so hard. And that became, uh, it became the entire story of portal two and they turned it into like. They took Portal 1, which was just this game that was all about its mechanic that had really no story. And then because of all this fun little side stuff that uh, like was hidden, they were Easter eggs, they incorporated that into Portal 2 as like the main story, which is really, really fun. I think that's one of the biggest examples of like a tiny fun Easter egg that the developers yeah. put in to like, goof off, blowing up and becoming this bigger thing than they ever could have expected. Uh, another one I have here is uh, any Mega Man X fans out there. Uh, so in Mega Man X, in four specific levels, there are secret uh, like armor pieces that you can gain. And if you get all of these armor pieces, you become insanely strong. And it gives you the, the Ryu Hajduken move as Mega Man. <laughs> he just goes Hajduken. And it's pretty incredible. And like that's one of those things where as a kid, like pre-internet, no one no one knew about them. And like one person would like find one piece and like look at how cool it is. I got these boots that make me run faster. And someone else could be like, oh yeah, I got this helmet that like doubled my health or whatever. I don't remember exactly what every piece did. Uh, and then like between you and your friends all talking about it, and you if you manage to collect all of the pieces, you get this super cool armor that makes you insanely strong and references Street Fighter. Uh, so yeah. Just like stuff like that, I I just love so much. <laughs> I think uh, one of my favorites is in uh, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. If you eventually you get like a jetpack, and if you jetpack to the top of what would be like the equivalent of the San Francisco, the the Golden Gate Bridge, there's just a sign that says there is no Easter egg here, go away. Or something like that. <laughs> like, See. That, that's brilliant and i know that's there's all clever. there's all the stuff with uh grand theft auto with like the sasquatch stuff uh oh, and yeah. there's that like uh, yeah. the whole the aliens. the aliens yeah uh a lot of fun stuff there 
uh, for sure. Oh, they God, always have fun whole, with it. There's a whole Reddit subreddit dedicated, like th- that was dedicated to it. I think it was called like the, the, the whatever the mountains called, like the something mystery, and like people were trying to like solve this complex like mystery and I, I like there was nothing there was nothing there no it was all just coincidences <laughs> um <laughs> so uh do you guys have any more that you can think of i have one more that... oh yeah i have i think the most famous example and probably my favorite also is totaka's song i'm not familiar do you guys not know about totaka's song no. so basically kazumi totaka is a sound designer for nintendo and every one of the games that he works on, he inserts this eight-bar melody somewhere hidden in the game, and it it's just a neat thing that people find. Um, and it's uh, once you hear it, it's like very recognizable. I think the most the the earliest uh, example that isn't technically the earliest iteration of it is Mario Paint. Um, so originally it was in Mario Paint, and then people started noticing it from there. Like if you're on Luigi's Mansion, uh if you go to one of the configuration screens and sit on the screen for three and a half minutes, it plays the song. Uh, and it's in a ton of games. It's in like Yoshi story, all the animal crossings, including new horizons. So it's still around wow. to this day, super smash bros, um, Pikmin two. Uh, so Mario Kart eight, it's a, there's a long list of games that, that this is in. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's that one of my cool. favorites. It's like a, and it's a cute little melody. Hmm. Um, so that I thought that I thought that one you guys would have known about. That one's a famous one. Yeah, not familiar. I don't think I've ever heard of that before. One of my favorites, I think, is from Borderlands Two. Are you um, gonna talk about the Minecraft room? Well, I was thinking about it, but then we talked about like what actually constitutes a Easter egg and what yeah. doesn't. And the fact that that became a room with enemies and whatnot, and it, it was like part of the of the game mechanics. At that point, it's just kind of like a secret area that you find, See, not really a. An I think that's. A, I think it's. I think it counts though because like, you you the, fight a creeper, yeah. but it's not like you're fighting a creeper. Like it basically just blows up. Yeah. 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 There's no. There's no quest. I think that leads you there. No, you no, just kind of find it, it. It's just like a special. It's not like the, the like the double rainbow quest. Yeah. Like, isn't that a, in is fact, that a quest? In fact, in fact, I. Easter egg? I it's knew that it was egg. there. That, that was my actually my yeah. Is that um, what you're gonna say? The double yeah, rainbow. Yeah. You, you go to the Hyperion base and then you like look off to the distance, like in the mountains, and you see the double right. rainbow. And then either Claptrack or Handsome Jack say the the double the rainbow double, thing. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. I mean, if anything, I, I knew where the Minecraft. I knew that the Minecraft room was a thing, and I still couldn't find it. Oh, yeah, man, I never I, found it. I remember. So this was like college. Uh. I played border. I I had played Borderlands one to death by this point, and then uh, like my room, college roommate and like my college my freshman year friends like discovered Borderlands and were like, "Hey, we're all gonna play Borderlands co-op together. Like, do you want to play?" And I was like, "I mean, I played it like four times, but I guess I'll play it again." So I played <laughs> it with my roommate, and then Borderlands two came out, and we all played Borderlands two together. And one of our friends like discovered like he discovered the minecraft room and then someone else discussed so we like we're all we're like playing we're like oh you got to show us where this is and then same thing with the double rainbow thing he was like guys you got it like i got to show you this thing like if you go the all the you know you go up this hill and it's on this special you know you jump down to here and you talk to whatever and then they do the double rainbow thing it was like 
that that's the cool part of easter eggs when like your friend finds it and is like telling you like dude you got to do this like here hop in the game with me we'll do it or whatever like that's that's i love that part of it uh i have i have one more left on my list um derek you may be familiar with this halo 3 uh red versus blue was like mm-hmm. a part of halo becoming so big they were like synonymous with each other uh if you were a halo fan you watched red versus blue uh and in halo 3 was it griff and someone else they were so basically a couple of the rooster teeth guys uh, it was gus and uh jeff but i I thought i can't remember what characters they played so it's griff and uh griff is jeff and gus plays simmons simmons yes uh and they're they're just having like a really dumb conversation, and I don't remember what it is, and I'm absolutely gonna look it up after this. Yeah. Uh, it's like they're trying to convince someone to come out from like behind a door, right? Yeah. Yeah. Or they, or maybe they're behind the door. And yeah. Someone's trying to convince them to come out. But it's like it's very clearly the red versus blue, like their characters yeah. from red versus, and it's just so funny. And then they did it again, I think in Halo four, they did it with Conan O'Brien and, uh, <laughs> who's the guy who does everything with Conan? Uh, Andy Richter. Yeah. And it's yeah. the two of them just talking to him. Like it's so out of place in the Halo universe. <laughs> and it's very clearly Conan O'Brien. Uh, so I feel like stuff like that where they just have famous people come in and be like, yeah, just say whatever you want. And it's like yeah. off in some weird corner of the map that you shouldn't be in. But if you go there and you stand there for a couple seconds, this conversation boots up. I love those. Uh, yeah. Especially those. There's like a special Halo. trigger. And yeah, I mean, uh, Halo, I feel like Halo is is kind of great for those things, uh, especially I like I guess you wouldn't consider all of them Easter eggs because like some of them are like special lines or whatever are triggered by like skulls or whatever mm. but it like i think there's one in halo five or is it four which one had like the the like side campaign through multiplayer side campaign through the, multiplayer uh, i think it was four there's like another easter egg where if you like shoot a certain piece of something in on a certain level like a certain audio like triggers it's very stupid but uh it's like another one of those things i can't remember what one that was i'll have to look it up yeah i'm not familiar with that uh all right does anyone have any other ones that they wanted to bring up seems like we're kind of wrapping up here for the most part would you consider the metal gear solid 3 the end fight an easter egg the fact that if you sit there for like a certain amount of hours he'll die yeah. Uh, you think no, that's like that's a secret? No, that's, I think that's just secret Kojima wizard powers, yeah, or that's just secret, secret. <laughs> kind of like shit. the beginning of uh, not just cause. All right, goodbye, Derek. Oh, oh we lost Derek. There he is. Kind of like the beginning of Far Cry Three, where the guy's like, "Stay here, I'll be back," and you're like, "You're supposed to leave the cage." Yeah, and if you, but, but if, if you, you just actually, stay, the game ends. Yeah. He's like, he lets you go, and he's like, "All right, he's cool. Like, All right, all right, let's go." Yeah, uh, I think it's more similar to that, where that's just like a fun secret. Uh, okay, yeah, that's that's the only other thing. And before we before we defined kind of how we interpreted Easter eggs, I was gonna bring up uh, Okami's con- constant references to Clover Studios and Beautiful Joe, um, mm. but doesn't count. All right, cool. Then it sounds like 
Well, it sounds like we're done here. Uh, uh, I've got one more. All right, give it to us, Derek. And just because I I had because I brought, I talked about it earlier, but uh, in Halo Three ODST, there is a poster with a picture of Earth on it in like a random indoor room. I think it actually appears a couple times. That uh, says Destiny awaits. Yep, yep, I remember this. Yep. Yeah, yep. which was a subtle hint at Destiny. They, I think they've claimed that it wasn't, but I know it definitely was. Yeah, that's like a whole... It's one of those things where it's like, no, nah, we know what you were doing. That's a whole subset of Easter eggs where I know for a while Ubisoft was teasing the next Assassin's Creed game in like whatever their previous yeah. game was. In, in yeah. The games. yeah. Yeah. Um, so those are always really fun. And wasn't there a thing in Arkham Asylum that like teased Arkham Knight or something? It was in uh, Arkham City. Uh, if you found like there was a submarine that had a tied like inmate in it that had been like afflicted by by fear gas mm -hmm. and all over the the submarine walls it said like i am coming and 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 like fear me or 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 something is coming whatever and it was just like all like scarecrow uh gibberish but it, it was clearly like scarecrow's doing and it teased what was coming up in the next game yeah yeah that's what i was thinking of yeah when they like when a game has like a super hidden thing and you don't necessarily know it's teasing the next game, but in hindsight you're like, "Yo, this was pointing to their next big thing." That's always really fun. Yeah, that's cool. The um, coolest part about that Easter egg actually was the fact that we thought that he was dead. Yeah, because from cause the, he, in, you fight him in the first game, right? In the first game, you fight him and he gets grabbed by Killer Croc and dragged into the into the sewers. So we assumed that he was dead. Hmm. I need to play those games. I never have. Everyone talks very highly about really? them. Really? Oh, oh my god. Backlog? You need to. We should put them in the backlog. <laughs> At least the first, the first one. one? The first For one's sure. uh, Arkham Asylum, and I don't think it's very Arkham long. Asylum. That no, game, like that game, defined like the like the behind the back brawler like superhero, superhero. action game. It yeah. really makes you feel like Batman. Yeah. Um. All right. Cool. Well, uh, that was a great conversation we had about Easter eggs. Happy Easter, everyone uh, who cares about such things. But do you guys think Jesus will see his shadow this year? <laughs> let's let's wrap up this episode as we always do, and we're gonna do some trivia. If there's anyone in the chat who wants to participate in the trivia, feel free. Type your answers in the chat. Reminder to you, sharks here on the cast: you are not allowed to answer trivia questions uh, or look at the chat to answer find answers to the trivia questions uh but um we are going to uh talk about i so initially i had the idea i was like okay maybe we can have the, the topic be easter eggs or secrets and games but i was like they are all so hyper specific and if you don't know about it then you don't know about it and there's just no chance of guessing uh <laughs> So I was like, all right, that's not really an option. So instead, I decided to go with uh, the one that I thought was one of the biggest from my list. Let's do some portal trivia, because, you know, why not? Uh, I think personally, uh, right. I personally think Portal 2 is one of the greatest video games of all time. Like Top 10 for sure. Uh, and that's not just like my personal favorites. It's in my personal. That's an objective top five. fact, Jeff. Yes, it is objectively is one of the greatest video games ever made. Yes. So I figured. Uh, I think everyone here has played both of the Portal games. Uh, so I felt not like for a long time. Uh, Andrew, yes. no. Ugh. All right. I haven't played them, but I've seen gameplay of them. I played the co-op mode in Portal Two. All right. So uh, let's go through this, and we'll see how it goes. Question <laughs> number one. 
what is the name of the company that invented the portal gun? Uh, and for you, those of you who don't know, the, the, the questions get harder as they go. They start off pretty easy. I'm fully expecting you all to know the answer to this. Uh, Andrew, we're going to have you go first as the person who hasn't played the portal games. Uh, what is the name <laughs> of the company that invented the portal gun? Aperture Science. Derek? Aperture Science. Jose? Aperture Science. Adam? Yeah, it's Aperture. All right. We do what we must because, because we, can. we can. One point for all of you and also a point for uh, Flame Shadow in chat. I'm, I may not have played Portal, but I did download for free Still Alive for Rock Band 2 on the Wii. <laughs> that is an incredible song. Uh, all right. Question number two. Who are the two robots that you play as in the co-op mode? Andrew, you said you played the co-op mode. Do you remember the name of the two robots that you play as? Do I get a point for each of them? Nope, you need to get both of them to get one point. Because I remember one of them. Uh, Alright, let's see. I think we're going to have Adam go first here. Yeah, I didn't play the co-op mode. so. No guesses? Uh Orange and blue. I got nothing here. Those are some colors. What about you, Those Jose? Atlas and Peabody. Andrew? Uh, see, I remember Peabody, but I wouldn't. I didn't remember Atlas. See, I remembered Atlas, but I didn't remember Peabody. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So only, Eric and I each get half a point. <laughs> only a point goes to Jose. Atlas and Peabody is correct. Uh, Flame Shadow and chat got Atlas, but not Peabody. Uh, question number three. In Portal 2... What color is the repulsion gel? And that's the one that makes you bounce off of surfaces. Just as a reminder. Um, I, I still have the answer uh, in my in my doc you as, as, you second guessing. as arms, which was the answer to last week's question number three. <laughs> so I, need to, I, I think I remember off the top of my head, but I need to look it up real quick. Um, uh, one, you said the one that makes you bounce. Yes, right? the repulsion gel, which repulsion. is the one that makes... Not the propulsion gel correct the repulsion gel uh so yeah you bounce off of this we're gonna have uh we're gonna have ho no jose's in the lead he's gonna go last we're gonna have adam go first here uh was it green andrew blue derek red jose orange it's blue. Oh, it's oh, the blue. Damn. Blue is the repulsion. Orange is the propulsion. So that's like oh, that's the super slick one. Oh, uh, but damn it! I got them mixed up. You did. And then there's the white one that makes it so that you can put portals on any surface. Yeah. That game is so good. <laughs> I love. <laughs> I love that game. All right, so and it was made of moon dust. It was made of moon dust. That's a good good job, Derek. Uh, Flame Shadow uh, said orange. She only has one point. Uh, Alright, question number four. I feel like this one probably should have been lower down on the list. Who voiced Cave Johnson, one of the greatest video game characters of all time? Adam's got quite the thinking face on. Uh, so, unfortunately, Adam, we're coming to you first, buddy. I'm gonna I, burn I, your house down! With the I have, lemons! <laughs> I, have, I have no idea. Uh, take a guess. I, I can't even narrow this down. No, you're just gonna you're gonna Adam, abstain. Name a woman. Name a woman. For one dollar, <laughs> name a woman. Uh, what are those again? I just just go on. I got okay, nothing. Adam's got nothing. Oh, Derek. My bad. Uh, J.K. Simmons. 
Jose? J.K. Simmons. Andrew? J.K. Simmons. It is J.K. Simmons. The if one I of, knew what he sounded like, I would have gotten that. One of the greatest performances in all of video games. Uh, all right. So, we're going into question five. Adam is at one point. Derek and Twitch chat is at <laughs> two points. Andrew and Jose have three points. All right. Question number five. What type of cake is the portal cake? So, like, how specific do we need to? Like, make? you need to know the name of the cake. Like, the it's a very specific type of cake. Uh, okay. So the story goes that they they used to go to a bakery right outside of the studio, and this was their favorite cake, and they'd buy it, and then that's why they put it in the game. And then after that, uh, once the game blew up and the whole cake is a lie thing blew up, everyone went to this place and i think they said the sales of that cake grew like 400 percent or something <laughs> wow uh it's a very specific type of cake so you also need to have like a background in baking or just be a big portal fan uh adam you have no chance of winning yeah i got nothing so uh what type of cake is it uh, was it red velvet cake i don't know <laughs> Derek. uh you high. need this to tie Shh. Shit, I also said red velvet cake. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew? Uh, Death by chocolate. Jose? I think it was called, like, Black Forest. <gasps> Jose is correct! Ooh. It was a wow. Black Forest cake. Holy wow. shit. What a, right. what a good Okay, so guess. then riddle me this, Jeff. Mm -hmm. What is a Black Forest cake? Google it. It's like a, <laughs> it's like a vanilla cake. Oh, no, it's a chocolate cake with a vanilla frosting and, like, chocolate shavings. And it's got that, like, ring of, um, uh, of cherries yeah. on top. And I think it's a very specific type of chocolate as well yeah, inside I, the it's cake. Like, it's like a dark chocolate. It, mm. I, the only reason I know that is because I watch uh, a YouTuber called Binging with Babish. Oh, yeah. And he, oh, Babish. He made, Love Babish. He, yeah, he's great. He made the portal cake, and I barely remember him saying <laughs> Black Forest. Yeah. The only time I remember. You it's... know why I thought it was Death by Chocolate? is because the portal cake topper in Rocket League looks extremely similar to a Death by Chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, congratulations, Jose. You are the winner of this week's trivia. Uh, tiebreaker question that we don't need, but we're going to ask it for fun. How many chapters are in Portal 2? 14. 29. 17. 16? 9. 9. Oh, Just 9. Nine. Not a ton. Um, <laughs> Alright, Derek. 29. <laughs> well, that brings nine, us right? to the end of this episode of the Game Sharks podcast. Uh, you can find us on Twitter. What did we Game Sharks cast on Twitter? Because there's a character limit. You can find us on Instagram, Game Sharks Podcast. You can find our website, thegamesharks.com. We have uh, a Loop Hero review in the works. I'm pretty sure. I don't know when that's going to get to you. Hopefully soon. Not by any of us. Who's doing it? You'll find out when it comes out. Uh, we are wow. on YouTube. We are officially putting up all of our episodes on YouTube. Our YouTube channel is just called The Game Sharks. Uh, go find us there if you want to watch us we have our webcams so if we ever have any type of show and tell you just want to see our beautiful faces you can find us go subscribe to us on youtube so you can watch our episodes there you can find the podcast anywhere you can find a podcast uh streaming service we're on spotify we're on google play we're on itunes 
Uh, and lastly, you can send us an email, GameSharksPodcast at Yahoo.com. Send us any trivia questions you have. What are your favorite Easter eggs in video games? We would love to hear from you. Uh, and I want to be clear, it's GameSharks Podcast. I was thinking to myself, I was like, maybe we, people try to send emails and they're just sending it to GameShark, singular podcast. It is Sharks, plural, GameSharksPodcast at Yahoo.com. For uh, reasons. Yeah, because we had to. <laughs> uh, but with that, we are Finn. Black Forest Gato or Schwarzenfalder Kirschtorten. <laughs> My favorite. <laughs> <laughs>